Yeah, I'm actually going to say for this one, bit bit spicy, but I'm going to say And the reason why... Let me frame this it. No, 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 no. Let God. me frame it. Let me frame it. Okay, here's the thing, right? Again. Nah, nah. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. We are here for our 2022 Spring Split LEC Award Show. We did. I honestly feel like last week we did the the, the mid split award show, but now we're here. Now we're here at the end of the regular season. All the chips have been laid down. We've finally got our playoff teams. Oh my goodness, XMA playoffs. Holy moly! Uh, and we're just going to be awarding some, uh, well, awarding some awards for for the performances in the regular season. I am your host, Foxtrot. I'm joined by Rich and Thorin, as always. Uh, I seem to be asking you guys a lot of food themed related questions in our introduction. I want to kind of pick your brains a little bit here and ask you what the worst food experience you had when you were out of your house was. And I'm going to start with. Who right? Does anyone have an answer at the top of their head, or does, does someone I mean, need to think about this? You have to realise I have worked something like Foxtrot. 60 70 cs goal land events mm -hmm. and here's the thing in the modern day when you know things have gotten bigger and we're in stadiums yeah in the modern day the catering's pretty good or oh, they'll sometimes just bring you whatever you want but you can imagine if i go back in time to say 2014 2015 i've been to some spots where like all i'll say is i mean there's even actually videos on richard lewis's channel i used to he used to actually film some of these he's got three or four of them where it's just people bringing me like the food catering at events in like romania or whatever and i'm not even joking like, i don't even know what the food is i'm going like and they're going it's delicious it's polenta and i'm like it looks like someone's sick into some fucking rice like what are you talking about so you can imagine that listen I, all you need to know is like i actually am in these videos everything you would want the stereotype of like working class british trash just going abroad going what is this foreign muck basically it's just me doing that over and over again so that's got to be up there there's some pretty ropey meals there not even that the food itself was bad it's more just like again like i say if you just don't even know what it is i don't know about you but a big part of food for me sort of the expectation and knowing kind of what i'm gonna eat and what it might taste like and if i find I find if it sort of doesn't match up with that, that's sometimes what puts me off food entirely. So I just didn't even know what the food was, basically. Couldn't discern I, what it actually was. I had a friend who works in an event, uh, an esports event, and um, the catering was so bad, everyone, like pretty much everyone except one person at the event got food poisoning. And he now has, like, IBS. <laughs> and that was, like, yeah. <laughs> that was, like, years back. Like, it's, a, I don't know, it really fucked up his gut. Um, that's a great story. Luckily, I wasn't working at that event. Uh, Rich, what about you? Do you have any exciting, terrible food stories for us? I mean, the obvious... Reginald made me eat humble pie. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, he did say, like, outside the countries or whatever. Whatever, all that one, it? you know? Uh, I mean, yeah, the obvious zinger is... <laughs> Like L LEC catering, like oh, that. I forgot you guys live in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Like fucking all. If people don't know, by the way, I don't know. I, I might just blow people's minds right now. But Germans think they can get in on that thing that Americans and Brit and Europeans do, where they go. British food's trash, isn't it? G Germans, guys. I'm not even like I can take it, Rich. When an Italian, a Frenchman says, "Yeah, I'll have some banter," but the idea, like Germans are going to go, and of course, your food is it's trash, like. What are you talking? Isn't your favorite food a giant chicken nugget that's just pork instead of chicken? What are you talking about? Like, we at least split those motherfuckers up. You should have a giant one, and you think it's the shit. That's that's actually uh, that's actually where I was going to go with my oh, fir go. my first of about that shit, aren't they? They're always raving about. Yeah, the my my first of uh, three brief anecdotes. One was my ex girlfriend who told me, and bearing in mind this was like 
I don't know, uh, a couple of months into Berlin. He's like, oh, have you really been out and eating? I was like, yeah, too often, I would say. And I've not been out that much because your food fucking sucks, basically. And he's like, no, you have to try this. It's like the best schnitzel ever at the best pub in Berlin. Okay. And I'm just thinking, fucking schnitzel, man. It's literally breaded chicken with some, like, parsley oh, potatoes. Like, how good could it possibly be? Like, what is actually the ceiling on this? And sure enough, as you said, it was just basically a giant burnt chicken nugget. It was just a solid 5 out of 10. Absolute trash. The other, as I said, hey, obviously... Here's the thing, though, on that. Like, here's what I don't get, right? I wouldn't have the gall to bring over. Like, let's imagine, right, some famous player, like, okay, Humanoid from Fnatic, right, comes to the UK and he goes, Thorin, I'd like to try some of your cuisine. I wouldn't take him and get out some fucking Bernard Matthews turkey drummers and go, oh, fucking hell, boys. Get ready for... That's what they're doing. They're just pulling out the turn. They're going... And they've got their finest... Where are you from? Italy. Well, tell you what, buckle up. You're going to enjoy this... <laughs> fucking cultural cuisine experience <laughs> bringing up the chicken nook. give me a break give me but a know, break when, uh, what's the next one at, Le at LEC catering right the, the best way I can sort of describe it is it was like if you went to a pretty shitty high school and you had to eat in the cafeteria every day people were getting excited when it's like oh it's burger day today like that's how fucking bad the food was because if it was anything other than burger day which was still really bad by the way the food was pretty piss poor it was like the worst sort of you know school in your area cafeteria food and um, yeah just absolutely rubbish but the worst food experience i've ever had easily is on Actually, on Christmas Day, this is the, uh, you know, the epitome of middle-class white child abroad story. We were in the French Alps, and we went to a Michelin-style restaurant on Christmas Day. And... It's already the maddest humble brag of all time, but keep going, keep going, Rich, go on, yeah. What terrible thing happened to you in the Swiss Alps at Christmas at a fucking Michelin-style restaurant? Tell you what, we'll all just sit back, get ready, fuck something. It's going to be really hard to endure Maybe this. Maybe fucking... diet come on. It was actually <laughs> the French Alps, not the Swiss Alps. Uh, oh, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we don't tend to go to the Swiss Alps because we don't have a chalet there, but we do in the French Alps. So, you know, it is yeah, what it, yeah. it is. What it is. Um, but anyway, so we went to this restaurant and it was meant to be the absolute dog's bollocks and everyone else ordered like conventional food or whatever like it was a really limited menu like they didn't even have a special christmas menu or whatever it's one of these places that are ho so things yeah, they're so high on their own supply that they're just yeah, gonna exactly. do what they do so i was thinking mm, well i'm not really a big fish fan didn't really like the look of anything else and i was like what's this and what's weird is everyone in my family speaks at least some level of French, but we could not work out what it was. And I think there was a just collective level of embarrassment. That, I can tell this is going to be like testicles or something mental. Well, yeah, it's something horrible. Like, we did not want to ask what it was because of our pride. So it arrives and it it, it just look it looks like a skinned testicle. That is what oh, it actually looks like. Go. But it wasn't okay. a skinned testicle, but I bit it's into it and I was snippy. like, this is absolutely rancid. Tiny dick maybe? Well... The thing is, it could have been all of the above because it was awful. <laughs> it doesn't even ask. It was literally it's awful. Uh, we are. Yes, we ended true. up asking the the, the maitre d or whoever after a while for poor people. A maitre d is like fancy word for waiter, basically, or head waiter. Uh, and yeah, he basically was like, "Yeah, it's awful." And for a bit of fun wordplay, it's pretty awful. But what yeah. is it? Yeah, there you go. For a bit of fun wordplay, the awful was awful. So yeah, that was that was <laughs> rancid right. though. So yeah, there I, you go. I saved that anecdote at the end there with the with the pun. So it's all good. I love how I'm asking for a horror story and it's like, whoa, there was a toy. This is ridiculous, wasn't it, at all? This was ridiculous at all. 
Sorry for my that. honesty. Of course, me and my family, we all speak French bilingual, actually trilingual, try fucking anything either. But anyway, there we are. We're trying to speak. And the thing is, I only have sort of advanced conversational French, so I didn't know that exactly. I'd give you a fucking break. Like, <laughs> this story's getting so ridiculous. Like, when does the bad part kick in? Like, okay. Uh, je ne sais pas. Come on, Fox. Moving on. All right. <laughs> That's a good start. All right, before we get on with the uh, with the awards, I want to start with some real quick fire stuff right here. I want to pick your brains on uh, expectations coming into the spring split, how we thought these teams would land compared to where they actually did finish off. So we'll keep this proper snappy because there's 10 teams in the league. Astralis in last place. Higher or lower, what do we think? Is that expected? Yeah, totally expected. Yeah. Like, the problem is, you both individually, yeah, yeah. or you can both just. Play. I'm doing quick fire on this anyway. All so right. I, I, I might be look pretty They could have been anywhere in the bottom three, I think, but I would have had them at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. In agreement, Rich. Yeah, yeah, I had deadline. I mean, for just for point of reference, I actually did like my tier list uh, before okay. the start of the season, which was actually kind of an amalgam of like how good the teams would be as well. But the bottom half is the same because obviously those teams are missing players regardless. So I did have the Stralis dead last year. I couldn't be less surprised. BDS were in ninth expectations there. I actually think that one's a little bit lower. I maybe would have thought they'd be like fighting for a playoff. I would have maybe had them with Mad Lions, I think. Mm. So yeah, Mad I actually Lions had I had BDS uh, eighth. So I had them one place higher. Right. But, but put it this way, as much as like this is where it's so ridiculous how bad Adam's actually been. I wouldn't have expected him to be this bad. I thought he'd be like you know eighty percent of what he was in Fnatic. Can you look at the rest of the team? That's more right play. Obviously, everyone thought maybe X Mighty would be any good. So I think that's that team did turn out to be a lot worse on like in the server than on paper. I think unfortunately. I agree with that one. SK Gaming eighth place, higher or lower? That's about right. So I had them one spot lower because I had BDS and SK the other way around. So, yeah. Mad Lions, the back-to-back champions, missing out on a playoff spot in seventh spot. Seventh place. Where did the, what were the expectations there? Higher or lower? Even though I wasn't someone who thought they could be a contender, that is lower. Like, I still thought they would be a playoff team. I would have probably had them, like, I think maybe one or two spots higher. So, yeah, I actually had them fifth, which slightly annoys me because I'd like to have been more... Uh, yeah, back to my own conviction there because I actually didn't think that Mad would be very good. And, and looking back on this, apparently I had them fifth. So yeah, they were lower than I had them. But um, yeah, yeah. We'll say I... though, if people don't know, the actual expectations from pros seem to be way higher for Mad because I watched that pop quiz thing that they did at the beginning of the split, and almost every player said they thought rookie that Rico would be the rookie of the split. Like they were all pretty high on him actually. Amazingly, I was kind of shocked to see that recently. Well, we'll get talking about Rookie the Split a bit later on in the show here. Vitality snagging in the last playoff spot, 9-9. Nine and nine. Higher or lower? This is going to be an interesting It's going to be lower, surely. Even Rich yeah. surely didn't have them this low. You must at least have had them like 4th or 5th, surely. Yeah, I, yeah they're a bit, bit lower. Like, as I said, I didn't think they would storm regular season. I did think it would be a case of, ah, let's just get in playoffs. But I, I did have them a bit uh, higher than that. So, yeah, higher. XL then in fifth place as well, securing their first playoff spot. They were expecting them is, to get the playoffs. Problem with that is obviously they didn't have Mickey X at the time. So I, th- I think from my yeah. from memory, I think I had them around six or seven. Like I had them just on the edge of the playoffs again. I think so, slightly higher for me. So first, lukewarm to slash hot take of the day. So I had XL one spot lower, but still making playoffs. But that was obviously without Mickey X. And I think they would have made playoffs without Mickey X anyway. I was, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still not that high on the Mickey X move, to be honest. I know people are saying like, 
you know, oh, look now, look what Mickey's done for the team. I'm not actually sure how much he's done for the team. And that's not a slight on him. I think he's been decent, by the way. I just think that Abbian was decent as well. And I, I don't think the point, at the point of Abbian leaving, I don't think it would have been fair to say they look like they won't make playoffs. I think it was very much in the balance when he left. So, yeah. Fair play. In fourth spot, we have G2 Esports 11 and 7, higher or lower. I think I had them third on mine, so I'm. I think it's about right or slightly um, lower than I would have had them. Yeah, I had them third as well, so they're one spot below. I thought G two would actually be a team who had a pretty good regular season and then would do slightly worse comparatively in the playoffs. Um, right now, I think that they're probably going to be do about as well as they're placed in the playoffs, if I had to guess. So, I actually thought the the split would be more akin to what like Vethio did in Misfits, and like no matter how G two played, like Caps would just like pop off because he's obviously it looked like every everything's painted for him to have all the resources, but obviously that hasn't. Like, look, he's definitely gotten better and better in the last half of the split, I'd say, but it still isn't like the one I expected from them. Misfits coming in third for me, this is a big surprise. I think actually. for everyone, this has got to be surely yeah. this is way higher than anyone else had them. Like, did any? I don't know anyone who actually thought this would be a mega team because I think actually, most people thought it was like a no, actually, I had them seventh. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I had them missing out. I basically looked at the team and thought, most of this team looks pretty whack apart from Vithio. And guess what? Mm. Most of the team is still pretty whack apart from Vithio, by the way. So, yeah. But somehow he's just that much of a god that I guess they're third. Yeah. Well, he's definitely in contention for MVP at the split uh, with his performances in mid lane. Big reason why Misfits are in third. Fnatic coming in second with 13 and 5. Higher or lower there? The weird thing is, even though they're in fucking second place, I guess I have to say that they're actually lower than I expected. So I thought they'd be number one. Mm. Yeah, I had them number one in regular <coughs> season as well. Yeah, and then that just leaves Rogue then, who did finish number one. Uh, Nobody thought that would happen. Put it this way, I don't even think Rogue thought that would happen, if they were honest, <laughs> you know. Not in the first split. I uh, I had Rogue too. Uh, and but I was again. This was kind of like. And what what happened with Rogue? Oh no, sorry, I'm lying. I had Rogue fourth apparently. But again, that my top my playoff teams were kind of a, an amalgam of how I expected them to perform in playoffs as well as what they would do in the regular season. I I actually thought there was a very high chance. I think I said it on a previous one that G two and especially Rogue would have a very good regular season placement. And I think then I said for regular season two overall, I have them on my tier list at four. But that again is taking playoffs into account. So. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I thought Rogue would start very fast because of Maorang, which they did, and they have definitely been weaker in the second half of the split. But yeah, I, I had I think for my regular season, I had Fnatic first, Rogue two. That's because biggest... when Rich says weaker, did still win 14 games out of 18. So just going to put that out there. But all That's four good. games were lost in the second half of the split? Oh, wow. A, a terrible... <laughs> what, what's that? Six to four record. Already 60% win rate over the last... Round up, fucking hell. What's that then? <laughs> no, I actually in. thought they would be more like... I thought Rogue would be more akin to what G2 is. Like a team where it's more like they've got like Dark Horse potential to win it all if everything goes perfectly, but otherwise wouldn't be like a league. Like I never would have thought they'd lead the league and, you know, win this many games. Obviously, there's even a world where they could have won even more, maybe. They could have gone for the perfect season. It's real. I think it's interesting. Rogue, I would say Rogue and Misfits for me are quite quite high from where i expected them to be but then when you think like okay so who else would like be in their place i mean who else would be vitality or mad lions maybe but I, i'm not i wasn't particularly high on those two either so i don't know i guess maybe this was kind of to be expected uh real quick don't want to get your biggest surprise though here for 
wait, that's not one of the awards, right? The, 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 oh, the most surprising team. Yeah, most surprising yeah. team, yeah. It's our first oh, award. Oh, it is. Oh, that's, yeah, that's our, that's our first award. Excellent. Segway, perfect stuff. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. smooth. <laughs> <laughs> totally intended. Uh, so, after we gone through our higher and lower of, of the... <laughs> Of the, of the placements of the teams. I want to know who the most surprising team was for you all uh, in the in the spring split here, the regular season. I'm going to start with you, Rich. Which team surprised you the most? So in the mid-split thing, I said Rogue. And I basically said Rogue because even though I thought they would actually have a pretty good regular season, I didn't expect it to be going that well. And obviously at the time of recording, they were 9-0 or whatever. Um, mm. Overall, that though now, I would have to say probably Vitality. Um, for similar reasons, but kind of the inverse, which is I did think they would start slow or not as well as their potential would lead them to be. But I think now they're, yeah, they're in playoffs, but they're kind of, for me, I thought we'd be talking about them as a serious contender going into playoffs. But now I think we have to sort of have them as, you know, dangerous because of the players that they have. You know, they're definitely still dangerous. But... <laughs> I mean, if I'm talking, if I'm picking, put it this way, if I'm picking my top three to win it in order, they're not on the list. They're not on my top three list. So I definitely thought they would be. And I thought they'd be on top two on my list. I thought it'd be a flip between Fnatic and Vitality. Um, and, you know, by the end of this uh, regular season, how would I be feeling about which one would be stronger in the best of five? I'm, I'm no longer looking at them in the same bracket as a Fnatic or even a Rogue. I think if Rogue play Vitality in a, a best of all the memes and stuff about choking aside, I think Rogue wins regardless. Even if they do choke it, I think they still win because I think the gulf between those two teams is actually still pretty big. So, yeah, I've, it's got to be Vitality for me. I think the bottom half of the table was, yeah, very closely predicted by all of us. So it's a top half team. And to me, they have the biggest disparity between what I thought I'd see at the end and what I'm actually getting. That's fair. And for reference, you know, they finished 9-9, nine and nine, made the playoffs. Mad Lions, who didn't make the playoffs, were 8-10. and 10. So they're really only one game from even even just not making it at all, which would have been very surprising for a super team to just come in. And, you know, we're used to super teams underperforming, but to not even make the playoffs would have been very, 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 very surprising there. Uh, Thorin, what about you? Who's your most surprising team in the split? Yeah, the, the weird thing is I'll start out in similar fashion because on the one hand, since I had in no universe thought Rogue would be like the champion, for example, the idea they lead the league and win 14 games, it's definitely unexpected. But I even saw, like, let me think. I don't think there is a world I could have figured that could happen. But even so, I think the other two storylines that are bigger, though, have to be Misfits and Vitality. Like, the idea Misfits could win 12 games and be third in the league with the team that they actually have just seems like it, it, that shouldn't be possible. But the thing is, I actually feel like if I can't go through all the logic, I have to arrive at the same position Rich did and come to Vitality. Because if I just said to you at the beginning of the off-season, right, here's the team Vitality has. So they've got Alfari, self-made, Perks. You could literally go stop right there. They've got to be a playoff team at least, right? Like, in fact, you could even play a fun thought experiment. Like, how bad would the bot lane have to be so they wouldn't make play? Like, again, it'd be inconceivable they're not at least in the mix right, with those three players. Remember, those are players who at different points in their career have all been, like, MVP candidates. Like, those are some of the, the best players in the West. So the idea that not only do they barely get into the playoffs, but in the way that they did it, that Super Week was genuinely embarrassing. I said this on some of the insight, right? Because of the players in this team, I really want them in the playoffs because it's going to be, obviously, like, you need those names... 
You want perks. You want the narratives. You want even the fact that they might wake up and be good. But actually, when they got to that last game, I made the joke that, like, Loki, I wanted Astralis to beat them. Because it's like, how dare you even put yourself in the position where you could have just been knocked out by a fluke BO1 at the end of a split and basically just piss away all those big names, all that money, all the interviews where you're all saying every week, essentially, like, don't worry, we're going to get it together. Like, oh, we're way better than we look. Like, And then at the end, you just limp over the line, essentially, because Astralis is just too bad and has nothing to play for at the end of the split. Like, that's embarrassing. So I think it's got to be Vitality. Like, as much as the others, like, oh, overperformed well, the idea that you could sort of be that bad with us, with what is a legit... Like, basically, almost a super team. Again, the problem with League is you never tend to get, like, five players who make the super part. But, like, in most super teams for me are, like, if you have, like, three players that are sort of, like... I think this team's, like... The roster's way too good to be that bad. Like, remember, they almost put themselves in the position of the infamous Misfit Season 9, etc., not making the playoffs. Like, this could have been really embarrassing for these guys. And the idea Perks wouldn't have made playoffs in an LEC, like... That would just be a travesty all around. And let's put it yeah. this way. Like, obviously, we don't do a coach of the split award because it's stupid and we can't possibly give out that award with any kind of actual real knowledge about what goes on. But if there was one, Mephisto, who is a head coach for Vitality, in case anyone uh, didn't know, definitely wouldn't be getting it. Like, I, I do kind of think, again, without knowing much about what goes on behind the scenes, how, how many things can be contrived to going against you for the coach not to be in some way to blame here like you're given basically the fucking uh, at least three of the five cars to exodia and you can't get more than a final day uh you know uh... you're inventing a nico the pico coach award which is for the people <laughs> person you just happen to believe is the worst coach by the way i noticed i've carefully phrased that i'm not saying he is the worst that's just what rich thinks <laughs> i don't know that technically we don't know what his opinion is that's just a famous behind the scenes opinion in the lec if people don't know like he was sort of like a universally mocked coach of obviously early Fnatic and then Origin at the one point in time when they claimed they didn't have a coach. Well, I don't know anything about that. That just sounds like Thorin projecting his own opinion and he's just outed himself as a Nico the Pico hater. The guy who, by the way, found and is solely responsible for Caps' entire career. say that, sort so, of. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but I think, yeah. Don't bring him into Panak, though. I'll give him credit. It, it does, it does uh, seem like a butched coaching job on some level, though. Like, again, you've got so much firepower and it, it, they don't even really have an identity either. It, like, if I asked you how the vitality play yeah, yeah. like what lane are they playing through? No, like, here's the thing mate there's definitely times where you know players I mean obviously big eagles like this could fuck the team up in itself the problem is though I'm with you like the coaching staff can't have done a great job in the sense that by the end of the split I still don't really think vitality knows how they play the game Yeah, you know mm. they still seem lost they look like a mixed team you know they just look yeah. like you just got a bunch of big names and whatever and you're just entering a tournament for fun like there's just there's too much talent for them to not make playoffs but I I honestly would also say like how again this is kind of it's all speculation we're talking about coaching but how coachable is that team really like there must just be so many big like loud voices and big egos and stuff like that like imagine being the coach for our fiery self-made leader at leader so perks and like just trying to get your point across and trying to corral your team we even saw perks in interviews talking about how he has a way of thinking about the game and he believes, like he said it himself, he thinks the way that he views the game is right and wants other people to play like to the tune of his song. And he wasn't able to do that in NA. And that's one of the reasons why he himself believes like, you know, it was a bit disappointing over there. Like he's, you know, imagine being a coach and disagreeing with Perks in that situation. Like that must just be tricky enough that 
I don't even know. I don't even think Mephisto probably stood a chance in, in Vitality if I was going to go off on my hunch. But like I say, that's all speculation. We don't know anything about the roster, that the, uh, the coaching changes. But we can talk about moving on here to our next award, what the best roster move was of the off-season now that we've seen the fruits come to bear in the regular season. Uh, who has been the most impressive roster move? The smartest 5,000 IQ gigabrain uh, move of the off-season. I'm going to start with you, Thorin. Who's it going to go to? Oh, that's actually a tricky one. I think just logically, when I go through all the possible permutations of the outcomes, I think it just probably has to be Malrang to Rogue, especially because, as far as I can tell, that was actually one of those sort of like you know, I test like 500 IQ moves where you just saw something in the guy that no one else really saw. No one, like I even thought, funnily enough, that like I actually expected the fact that he was Korean, etc., would cause all these issues and he would have no connection to the squad. It's been the opposite. Obviously, he's been like the guy who just sacrifices and is super integral. So I, I think it has to be Malrang when you consider the, the placing of Rogue. What about you, Rich? Uh, I think you can go in a few different directions to this. I think the rogue angle is either Malrang or I would maybe even argue comp. I think just comp mm. from the angle of basically if you're rogue, you lost most people's de facto best Western ADC last off season. And he's made you feel like you didn't actually really lose much at all. If anything, which I think in itself is very impressive. Um, Malrang, obviously, you know, you can say a similar story with inspired um, and they didn't miss him as much as, as they did. The thing is with Malrang again, he's kind of going down or along the trajectory of exactly how I thought he would go, which he's getting figured out bit by bit the longer things go on and I am kind of cheating a little bit here where I say like I'm anticipating he's not going to be a great best of series player for Rogue in the playoffs so I can't really go with that because again it's the best overall roster move and I have to factor that in um I think the other angle you can maybe go for oh is maybe maybe Synchrov just because how bad and irrelevant is that team if you don't have Synchrov like just absolutely terrible again the problem with this is obviously i would say not the best roster move for synchro himself <laughs> well yeah <laughs> the, the thing is like obviously you can the ca easy counter argument is well bds still wasn't really relevant and was still pretty bad so how much difference did he actually make um well but they might they might have gone zero yeah, they might have been join, yeah. exactly they might have legit been bombed. for real so yeah. i'll say synchrof because he gave some french people something to be happy about yeah the weird people. one on this if people didn't notice is if you actually go and look at the rosters there's way less options than you think because like a lot of the really good players were the ones who just stayed in the teams as it were you know yeah i think Malrang's like the obvious choice here and i i i have a feeling like you kind of Really just looking for reasons why not to give it to Malrang, honestly, at this point uh, in the regular season. Like, I think, honestly, he was just good. Like, sure, maybe, like, in the second half, you know, he, he did have that more somewhat predictable style and has started to get found out a little bit. We've, we, we've heard that narrative being, like, told over and over again, whether it's from, from, from us or even just from people involved in the LEC. Um, but just from what he's been able to bring in that, and as you say, like, you know, we losing Han Summer and, and Inspired and still finishing first, if you're rogue. Uh, and Maorang had a huge, huge hand to play in that. Like, you still got to give him, like, a, a huge amount of credit. I mean, yeah, there, as so. as a regular as it's a regular season award and not really projecting forward, yeah, it probably should be Maorang. I would also probably argue that it's harder to come in as a jungler and 
be going a million miles an hour and diffing everyone than it is as an ADC. I think it's probably a bit easier for an ADC. So yeah, and in actuality, it is probably Maorang. It's just one of these things as well where, you know, we're not going to do a, a post-playoffs award show, I would doubt. So I'm just anticipating that by the end of playoffs, we're, we might be thinking, that Maorang fell off a cliff, didn't he? But yeah, yeah we'll see. It is easy to forget regular season once once the playoffs come around and you really see what happens uh, yeah. in in those playoffs. But for now, uh, that is that. Maorang did very, very well in road coming over from Korea as well, especially. Uh, didn't really seem to have any Sinji issues, which is always something which you worry about when uh, you know you have non-native English speaker coming over. Moving on to our next award, we have the best rookie of the split. We've got a few options for this one. There are actually quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of rookies, which is always nice to see. It seems like we get quite a lot of those in the LEC, thanks to our ERL systems. But we've got Rika, Unforgiven, Dior, Flakid, Maorang. Not 100% sure if he's going to count, but we will include him here. Shlatan, uh, Exmati, and Certus. Who is the best rookie of those players? I'm going to come to you first for this one, Thorin. What do you think? Right, I, I can narrow it down very quickly. The only people I think it's between is, look, if Malrang's in there, he probably already wins. Bearing in mind, I've just said he's the best Rossimu. So it's between Malrang, Unforgiven, and Schlatan, in my opinion. Now, I actually think the Schlatan one, this is the problem. If you go and look at the first half of the split, it really is like the Vethio 1v9, like every fucking game. I think as the split went on, though, I actually saw that Slatan seemed to get more comfortable. He started to have some quality games. I think by the end, he was actually a contributing factor. So I think he did pretty well. I think people probably forget that in the early part of the split when Mad Lions were winning games, Unforgiven was the best player on the team, aside from Elioya maybe in a couple of pop-offs. So I think it's, I think it's between them. But again, if Malrang's eligible, I think I'd probably have to give it to him. Yeah, what about you, Rich? So, I'm not sure if he is eligible or not. I'm going to discount him. I don't think he should be eligible. So I don't I'm think gonna... he should by the spirit of what a yeah, rookie is. So if you put an LTG, fuck's sake. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> count him. So, uh, to me, Unforgiven just wins it by default. I don't think that Jalatan had as many good performances as Unforgiven had. I think, you know... Unforgiven was the reason why his team was winning games early and it wasn't even you know El Yoya and Armu that sort of the guys left or even Kaiser um the guys left over from the you know LEC winning teams it was actually Unforgiven I think was the main reason why they were actually sort of somewhat relevant so I think that was probably the most impressive storyline on here obviously Maorang probably overall had the best split or definitely did Jalatan yeah I mean Again, the problem I have is even if I were to agree with you and say, you know what, as the split went on, yeah, he sort of came into his own a bit, got more... This guy was getting physically carried for the first half of the split. Like, just turbo carried. And I can't give it to someone who was literally getting monster carried by his mid laner for at least half the split. So I just discount him on that basis, even if I gave him like 8 out of 10 for the second half, which I'm not sure I would. I think I'd still give him like a 6.5 or something. So yeah, for me, it's unforgiven. I think this is this is an interesting one because although I, I did just say we always get new rookies and that's cool in the LEC, none of these really stand out to me. You know, like I don't think we had like a mega impressive rookie this split if we're not including Maorang, so I do think he had pretty pretty good showing. Like when El Yoya, for example, was the rookie of the split, like he just came in and just bodied everyone, you know? Um, there's no huge compelling argument. And the fact that you might be thinking of Unforgiven or even, even I think it's between Unforgiven and Shlatan. Um, and I, I, I'm not, I thought they were like, okay, you know, it was fine, but 
nothing like crazy there so it almost feels like you know this this split wasn't necessarily the split of the rookies if we're if we're not going to include Maurang in that one and, and you can make arguments for for either one of course something working against satan as well is the fact that he, his mid laner was the best performing mid laner in the entire lec right uh, i would say by the way i had a, a spanish fan message me on twitter literally the day after super week finished or maybe on the last day of super week or something replying to my adcs who are better than flacid thread and put see you look like an idiot now or worse to this effect <laughs> and i was genuinely flabbergasted yeah. what his oh. angle was because apparently this guy was under the impression that flax had an incredible split so we should all feel bad for not mentioning him i guess because i mean yeah it just secretly smurfing i will say if moran really does count because of the region there is something silly about the idea he can play in what was once the best region ever come to europe as a rookie but synchrov because he played eight games for the bad origin like five years ago he's not allowed to be a rookie now because he's played eight games for a fucking shit team spoiler that shouldn't even count his experience probably for the origin that should be like being in fucking prison he served his time can we forget about that now like because the problem is if he was the rookie if he was eligible he probably wins right now yeah i sure. test why he wins doesn't he yeah, that's a good point. Synchro was was very very good, and and the difference, complete opposite argument for Synchro to to Shatan. He didn't have much to work with, so yeah, that is uh, he he did have a very impressive <laughs> split. But of course, he's 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 a rugged veteran at this point. Eight games, five years ago, yeah, it would just be unfair if we gave it to him. Let's move on then. The unsung hero of the LEC. Who do you think had? The best performance that didn't really get touted enough. Someone who flew under the radar a little bit. There are some, some names that, you know, everyone's been talking about. Everyone's been praising. VTO, for example. Hillasang. These guys who are just absolutely popping off and doing some really good stuff. And huge reasons why their team's finished in the top three. But what about people, player that maybe, you know, contributed a lot, but we haven't really spoken a lot about. Who do you think is the unsung hero of the LEC? I'm coming to you first on this one, Rich. See, I've actually solved this question, right? This isn't even an That's opinion. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to tell you the name and you're going to go, hmm? And you're going to go, eh? And they go, eh? Yeah. Which will prove that this guy well, wasn't see. someone that's that no one really thought point. about. Okay. But actually, it makes perfect sense. The answer, yes, the correct objective answer this to this so question. Wack, this build-up, I can tell. This build-up's going to be so ridiculous. Like, at the end, it's like, promise you. Like, come on. <laughs> no, that's no. Really cool. What is it? Come on. The answer is Neon. <laughs> Neon is the answer. No one's okay. talked about Neon at all this split, like, whatsoever. But if you actually go back and look at his role in the games that uh, oh, they were winning... The best player after Vethior, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially because of all the shitfest, weird comeback games. Or whatever. Like, oh, a lot gosh. of these games basically have yes. come back to the AD carries, essentially. Like, for yes. anyone who doesn't know, when you get that fucking late into a game, you best hope that Neon knows how to play Jinx and some of these other carries. Because if he, if he can't, they lose. So I think he's actually been the biggest difference maker on that team, other than obviously VTO. And I think he's gone super under the radar. Like, I haven't really seen anyone, even like Misfits fans, talking about Neon, like, at all. So, yeah, he, it, it's him for me. Okay. I, I I actually did have a similar reaction to what you were saying I would have. So, okay. I, I End it there. Don't even one. let Thorin speak. We're <laughs> oh, moving on. We're moving on. Luckily, yeah. I already had yours solved. I put that within the equation of solving mine because I thought outside the box, Rich, you're just in there in the little play pen playing with all the toys they gave you, the players. You never said it had to be a player. So the answer to this question is Freddy122 from Rogue, the coach of Rogue. Because when the fuck, um. for real... 
do you ever hear anything about the co coaching staff of Rogue being good? The only time you ever hear them even tangentially, because I'll give them credit, they don't get blamed actually when the team chokes in the playoffs. But the only context you ever hear about the coaching staff is in the premise of like, oh, but they suck in the playoffs or oh, they suck when they went to Worlds, you know, two years ago or whatever. So all I'll say is this, not only have they again won another regular split, spoiler, they've won three of the last four. And this is now the fourth, split in a row where no team has won more games than them in the split. That is fucking insane. Like, I looked this up. To, you, there are no coaches with a record like that in the ULCS slash LEC. No one's done it. You're all thinking of the dominance of G2. They didn't do this stuff, boys. For real. Like, go and look it up. Like, first of all, they either didn't have coaches back then, or in the era when they did have the coaches, everyone has one split that's not that great, you know? Like, even Fnatic has a split where they win nine games or ten games. Four in a row. And remember, Rogue isn't a G2 or Fnatic. They're not an enormous organs, a bazillion... You've seen, they lose their best players. Last year, they had to give up two of their best players and they're back here again. So even though I've taken like a slightly cheeky angle that I've taken a non-player, I actually think that's a low-key pretty good one. The idea you win 14 out of 18 games and nobody is talking about this motherfucker. There's no one raving like he must be the coach of the split. Where, like, if anything, people are sort of out on the coaches or they just don't care, bizarrely. Meanwhile, like even someone like Grabs from BDS, like, he's like a, a, a fairly central part of the conversation around the team, you know, like people are always mentioning him. So I just find it crazy that people basically treat Freddie one 2 2 like he's invisible so I'm 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 going to be honest. I'm not convinced at all. I, the, the thing is, I think your argument works because it's a regular season award. So objectively, he has to be like in the conversation because as you say, regular split after regular split, you know, Rogar where they are. My problem is that I don't even think, in a lot of ways, that coaches are even forced to actually coach properly until they're in best of series. So my problem is that I actually, if I had to guess, and again, I'm not going to use any information that. I have from the inside or whatever but as if I just purely had to guess based on what you as a viewer could could see I don't I do not rate rate the road coaching staff thus far I think this is actually a really big split for them where they actually have to show people going into playoffs are you actually good at your fucking job because in every best of series or the vast majority of best of series where they've been favored I've not been oppressed at all by adaptations in between games it's one thing winning a best of series and I'm not saying there's no coaching that goes into that of course there is and drafting and managing players all the rest of it and because it's a regular season award I do give that credence but at the same time it's so difficult for me to buy into the narrative that the 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 guys at rogue are like really good coaches because They've straight up lost splits. That t that team, and it is a team, it's not just the coaches, but they have just lost series and lost, missed out on titles because as far as I can see, the players have not been put in the position to succeed, even though they've shown that player for player during the regular splits, they're just as good, if not better than everyone else. So at that point, if you've got Larson, who's always a regular season beast, if you've got Oddo, who's always going to minimum play seven out of 10, if not eight or nine, you know, every single game, basically, you have the best Western AD carry, period. And, you know, Trimby, who's always seems to be very good in regular season, but whoopsie do, is it another rogue choke job, you know, or is there something more to it? And again, Inspired, who won a fucking MVP title last season, most people would have said was the best Western jungler. Like, in theory, you have arguably the best Western players in three, uh, four out of the five roles. And I'm not saying I necessarily buy into that, but there's at least an argument to be made for that. So to me, if you massively underperform playoff series after playoff series after playoff series... I'm looking at the coach first and foremost. Can you not get together at least one of those playoff series? Can you not get a run together? Like, seriously.
Come Two on. things. One, this is not a playoff award. That's sure, why that's we're true. doing it before the playoffs. So scratch everything you just said. Two, this isn't a fucking award for past years. It's only for this split. So what they did last year doesn't really fucking matter, does it? And then three, what what are you talking about? Like at the end of the day, like look at the, they won fourteen games. Like what? What? But more you have to. You, like, to be fair, and the final thing is this: the award's called the unsung hero, not the fucking best coach award. You can't the unsung. <laughs> that just means no one's talking about it. That he meets the criteria. You cannot deny that. Yeah, that no, he absolutely, absolutely. But the, again, I mean, the problem is the best coach. The problem is though, while it is obviously an award for this split and for the regular season, because we have so little to go on in coaching, I have to try and use something to gauge how good this person actually is at their job if it was a All person right. who, who'd you never know. who'd never coached before and rogue did this we would have no idea to what extent the coach was to be pre- like you can imagine by the way if a new coach came in and then you know maorang has had the split he had comp just fits in seamlessly it's like they don't miss hand timer we'd all be sat here thinking well based off the evidence we have this coach must be a god they lost their two best players and they're still first like this coach must be amazing in reality we have no fucking clue and i i'm basically saying the only metric i really use for judging coaches is postseason, so I know that goes counter against the award itself. But yeah, I, I, I just, I, there's no positive evidence for me to suggest other than their record, which I think they could have probably done without a coach. Basically, right, I'll push back. Here's why: because it wasn't the same players. So how did the players do it? As you said, they had inspired the MVP, so they lost the MVP jungler and replaced him with a Korean. Barely anyone knows, and nobody had expectations. They win the split again. Then previously, they got one of these seasons. I'm talking on the splits with like 13 or more wins. They had Finn as their top laner, by the way. By the way, go ask CLG and fucking uh, well, I remember the fucking shit LAC team he plays for now. Go ask those teams how good Finn is a fucking top laner, mate. Not that great. There's the answer. Then he had. Vander one time, now he has Trimmy. You're like, mate, the, every other piece is moving. Aside from, essentially, unless you really do believe Larson's a god, I think he's pretty good. God's maybe too far. Larson's the only piece that remains, for fuck's sake. They didn't even have Odor when they started this. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I would say that Finn actually had a pretty decent split, this split, if we're being fair. Like, looks quite alright. He had all one right. good game on Kled. That's, <laughs> that's too harsh, that's too harsh. He was all, he was, he he's wasn't all right. bad. He was alright. I still right. think their academy top lane is better, but <laughs> no, he was alright. He's alright. There. You have to realise I can just instinctively talk shit about anyone at any point in time. It's like I have like a mad lib section of my brain that just comes up with stuff. Whether it's true or not, that's to be funny, that's all. There you go. Alright, I have to that was quite interesting because you guys often disagree on things. So the fact that you're just very polar opposite on this point, it's it, it's a bit murky because we, we, we can't tell what coaches really do. And I kind of I mean I'm kind of with Rich on this on the sense like there's always that history there, you know, like it's, but at the same time, it is just this regular season and it's kind of tough to separate the two there. But either way, those are your choices for the Unsung Hero. I can get behind both of them, honestly. I actually do think Neon, Neon's been like, kind of like a bubble player, I guess, if that makes any sense. Like he, he's, he's been okay, but not good enough to stick around. And uh, I think this split, he, he played very well. So I think that's fair. And he's not getting any attention because no one on the Misfits, not named Vito, is getting any attention. Um, Yes. Yeah, so anyway, we'll move on to our next awards here. I'm actually going to let Rich explain this one. It's the Leader Award. And since you did create this award, Rich, can you just give us a quick definition of what this award does? It's basically the European Darde Award. So it's the player who came in who had very high expectations and did not live up to those expectations in, you know, whoever had the biggest disparity extreme between, yeah, yeah, exactly. the, between yeah. those two states. Um, so yeah, introducing myself already, Fox, if you don't mind on this. I have <laughs> two, go. I have this two. This is <laughs> the easiest one ever though. I already know. 
Spoiler, is he named after the first human in the Bible? <laughs> well, actually... Sure, that's the, that was one of your go-tos. Actually, actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> Technically, I'm not sure. here's the other thing. The other thing I have to just adjust, though, is this. Assuming it's the same as the Dada, well, the other key context is it's not just us. It's pres- it's yes. the idea of like, the community in general, you know, like, hype this person yeah. thought they were going to be the shit. Yeah, exactly. In fact, because for me, a, a couple of the choices, I wouldn't work if it was just me giving my opinion. Because one of them, I right. would say, by the way, is Kazi who I've always been low on compared to most other people as far as I can see. I've, I've, ne- I've said consistently, even when they were winning their LC, uh, LEC titles and playing internationally, I've always said this guy's a bottom half of the LEC AD carry. I don't care what anyone says. There are plenty of guys in the ERLs I'd take ahead of him. So that, but the community and also some of the narratives that got put out by Mad themselves about this, how this much guy, this guy contributes to the game or whatever. And obviously the joke we made last time was, well, I guess actually it was all humanoid doing the shot calling because vitality is a mess when it comes to this kind of stuff. So Kazi has to be one for me. And the other one, uh, you know, you've mentioned Adam and we'll talk about him. But the other one on the same team, I would say, and by the way, it's mind blowing to me. Someone put out a tweet saying, basically, what would your all pro team be? And the amount of people who put Alfari as their top laner was insane, like actual insanity. To me, again, if it was just my opinion, I wouldn't have Alfari on there because he's played at a slightly worse version of what I know him to be, which is an exceptionally good laner, probably the best Western top laning top laner there is, but has basically lost, looked very lost in a lot of situations outside of lane. Um, But yeah, I think that, those two, and then, and then as you say, Adam um, is another obvious one because obviously the community hyped him to fuck while he was on Fnatic, and he's been an absolute disaster. So yeah, Adam is a leading candidate, but I would also throw Kazi in there as food for thought because again, if we're going from community expectation, we're going from double LEC winning bot laner, shot call, uh, savant who, you know, is being put into this team of uh, super players who's going to be the one to make everything click because he's basically fucking season five yarn and lane swap meta, like just god tier shot caller. So I think he's fallen very short of that. I, w- I would, I kind of think the the opinion on Kazi's kind of been pretty low. Like it seems like... Now it is. But before, well, when now, he went to Vitality, course. people were like, and also keep he in mind as well, it. let's add another dimension to this. Teams were high on Kazi. Teams have bought into this narrative of how much he can do for your team. I know for a fact that three top teams were all wanting, competing to sign this guy. And that to me was fucking mind-blowing. Like, truly mind-blowing. So, yeah, crazy. All right. What about you, Thorin? Who's, uh, who's, this who's, is actually uh, a category that I think is surprisingly, there are a lot of names you could put on here. Because remember, the key context, I'll stress again, is we're talking about the community. Essentially, it's like the community expectation was different to the reality. That's actually called irony. I know none of you know what the fucking definition of that word is. She gave you a free lesson in English there. So here's the problem. If you actually go, like, let's just think of the previous split, the summer split of last year, and you have to look at names like El Yoya, Kaiser, Razor. These were the best players at their roles. Like, these were fucking monsters. Then I did Adam, etc. The problem is this, right? Of all the names, like, I don't even personally think that, like, the Alfari one that Rich included there, I don't even think that actually should even have been in his shortlist. Because here's the difference. Like, I agree, the Kazi example is not a great player. You look at people like Adam, they're terrible. Like, Alfari at worst is like, oh, he's just like the third best top laner and he's pretty good most of the games. And sometimes outside of lane, he didn't do a perfect team fight. Like, you have to sort of really nitpick. Like, like, like as you said, you're going from him being the absolute best to like maybe he just wasn't the total best. The difference is, 
Adam genuinely went from the LEC broadcast. No, don't worry, motherfuckers. I'll bring you on my shows, but I'll call you out when you're foul. The LEC broadcast plus Western fans, not just Fnatic fans either, literally were trying to make it like this guy was a prodigy. Like he was going to be a genius of the top lane and that we'd gotten. I mean, I think the problem is this. In my opinion, they sort of in their brain were resetting back to the Whippo joining Fnatic narrative and they thought, right, it's going to be like that. Every split, he's going to be like a top player. He's going to be in the mix. Like they even saw, you know, they had the like really high variance playing style. I think they thought they'd got a new Whipple. The problem is... Even during the split, he was winning. I would go to the people I trust to be experts. Dom, Monty, people behind the scenes who maybe don't have their opinion on camera. And they were all telling me the same thing my eyes were telling me. Like, this guy's just so, basically just like coin flipping all the time. He's playing just like random ass champs that people just haven't sort of really figured out. He genuinely is just really good at those two champions. And they just said, and, if, and also they even told me back in Fnatic, look at the team he's on. Like on his team, he can sort of fuck around and he's like a wild card element. If he loses, they might still win the game. And if he wins, they just win immediately. So I remember when I saw this BDS lineup being like, oh boy, this guy's in trouble now. Because look at this squad of like rookies, players who've just never been good. Like, I think you saw this guy really expose this split. I will say, he never should have been with this level of pressure on him. Like, he probably shouldn't have been in LEC last split. Like, it was obviously brought in because of the whole Whipple scenario and self-made leaving and all that crap. Like, that was like brought it out of nowhere. But I think if you just look at the disparity that some fans might have thought he was the best Western top laner. And now, I think you could genuinely make an argument he is the worst LEC top laner. I don't know that he'd win, but he's in the conversation. So that disparity is too crazy. He has to win the award for me. Adam from right. BDS. I, I, I think the the issue for me with Adam is like he has he has like the most polarized opinions in the community, basically depending whether you're French or not, right? He's either the second coming of Christ or he's just overrated and he's that definitely does ruin the opinions, doesn't it? Because let's be real, like there's two sets of people. There's either the French universally big him up, or now mm. the people who sort of turned against him because of the fanatic drama hit him just because of the drama. So I will yeah. say it makes it hard to actually know what people's real thoughts are on him. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add in uh, an extra name into that list. And Who are you picking? Come on, I'm gonna put in X Matty. Um, I don't think that so I don't think necessarily his expectations are like really high or anything like that. Um, so maybe it doesn't quite suit the this whole leader award business. But I think the expectations were higher, and and maybe I'm biased here as well because like I've 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 covered the regional leagues, the ERLs, E Masters, and stuff like that for years now, and he's been around all that it's time. A mainstay, right? Yeah. Exactly. He's a mainstay, and people are always saying. Oh, he's going to be in LEC this yes. next bit. Someone's going to pick him up. You know, he's always been. People yeah, yeah. are always hyping him up. Um, kind of similar to Dan, actually. Remember Dan on, on XL, right? The yep. jungler. Who um, who replaced Cajal, actually. And Cajal was... Yeah. So, anyway. So, so Dan was just, like, so hyped in the ERLs. Like, best jungler by Mars in the ERLs. And then, and then he comes in and he's just... I mean, I, yeah. It's not, it's not that good, really, honestly. Um, I think X-Men has kind of had a split like that, but I really just think, like, I'm actually reserving a lot of judgment on the entirety of BDS for this split, because I, I think the whole team is just dysfunctional inside and out. If we've, if we've from what we, we're hearing about it from behind the scenes as well, like, Grabs is throwing shade at them on the LEC broadcast, like, his own players saying how they weren't really trying, and, and, and like, he was, he had to, like, tear them in your asshole, basically, to try and get them motivated once they realised they were out of playoffs. Um, and, and just the, like how Synchrov seems to have like disdain for his teammates. Um, <laughs> he didn't. He like didn't that. need to tell us that. To be fair, this yeah, guy's written right, like but... five twit longers already. 
it's like you know i just I, I just think that team is just like gone boom you know like mega boom and, and we'll see uh you know this this is going to tie into another award that we have up is it actually the by the way just before just team? before you move on like the, the <laughs> thing with x matty is i would say it's like it's kind of the only reason i would disqualify x matty from the conversation is he was kind of the hipster's choice it became like a bit of a yeah. popularist hipster's choice, but it was the hipster's choice. And someone who I'm going to project, by the way, that we're going to be talking about on one of these shows at some point in the future in a similar vein is Jack Spectra. Because that guy's overhyped as fuck. And he's basically <laughs> getting the Matty treatment, but on steroids. And if a team, because unfortunately we're still at the primitive stage in esports where esports organizations do actually read Reddit and do actually listen to the p opinions of people like Vagar V2, who, by the way, I'm not saying isn't a smart mind about the game, but let's be honest, this guy's in fucking America. He probably has no idea what the comings and goings are of his team or, or you know, how many, uh, you know, what the game plans are on a day to day basis. And these people are just hyping this poor guy into fucking infinity. And there's just no way he's ever going to live up to expectation. And spoiler alert, by the way, if you actually watch Spanish League, he's just another AD carry. He's all right. By the way, he's on a team called Heretics, who on paper, everyone was saying is like, you know, could win, like should probably win. Guess what? Your boy said Fnatic would be the best team in that league by an absolute chasm. And guess what they are? And guess what? Their AD carry is way better than Jack Spectra. And guess what? All these fucking big brains who are making their tier list put fucking Jack Spectra above Bean, which is mind blowing. So that is one for the future. Trust me, in a couple of splits or whatever, we're going to be talking about Jack Spectra in exactly the same way that we're talking about X Matty now. All right, there it is. Rich peering into his crystal ball right there. I uh, was it Jack Spectra who was going to be K Corp's ADC before Reckless Joy? I mean, he he was. Uh... He was he was the one, if you remember, who did like that really good meme where when he didn't get the gig, he had that thing where he did a fake reckless cosplay and he did like a felt tip pen reckless thing. I was like, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, he did a no, tweet I... on his Twitter account. Uh, like that was like this where he just did the joke was he like put like the ceo of gear cop like let's talk again and he just did like a, i'm pretty sure this is on yeah I'm let's renegotiate sure right? he posted a picture yeah, yeah. there you go yeah was hilarious yeah. though yeah 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 all right let's move on to the awards though here um I, I had a great segue but then of course rich had to talk about that so now now you know whatever we're moving on from from the leader award to the next to be benched which doesn't really feel like an award if i'm being honest with you this doesn't feel like here you go we'll give we'll give you a nice pin oh that's brilliant what have i won oh i'm losing my job who's it gonna be who's the next one to be benched in this one i'm i'm gonna start here because I never start here. And I'm just going to say anyone on BDS, that team's going to blow up come summer split, except Adam. Adam will stay. But apart from that, maybe Nuclear in as well. Apart from that, all, all, all's open, all's game. I don't think and anyone's safe on that roster. Um, but now I can go to you guys, because you're the actual experts you want to hear from. Thorin, who do you think is going to be the next player to be benched? There'll be a lot of moves, I'm guessing, in the, in the offseason coming into summer split. That's what tends to happen. Uh, and what, what are the most obvious moves are standing out to you? I mean, BDS is obviously a good shout because I also feel like if you change the right piece, I'm not sure which that would be. You could actually make the team way better. The problem I have is this. I suspect the politics of that team mean they won't make the cuts. Like, spoiler, the two solo leaders are French. That's pretty good if you're going to be in Team BDS. I get a look at where their background is. Even x played in fucking K-Corp, so maybe he can even survive. So, sadly, I feel like in their team, it'll be like x or Limit probably, but I would just fucking bench Nuclear in because the problem is this. 
the one thing we will never run out of in ERLs is really fucking good potential mid laners. Spoiler, there are some of the ERLs now that are better than this guy. So I would just go and get one of those personally. And then I think the other angle, if you just look relative to how good the team is, if I'm Deficio, the GM of Misfits, Listen, it might be harsh, but look how good my team overall can be. I'm just making a swap. Mercer's going out and I'm bringing in a better support. Like, he just hasn't shown me enough overall. So relative to where the team is, you make the one move for Misfits, you can maybe even be like a potential winner of summer. Who knows? All right. So that Misfits who've probably overperformed, you're thinking they should replace Mercer. What about you, Rich? What are your thoughts? Who's going to lose their job? To be honest, if, if I'm Misfits, I, I, I think Mercer's the least of the problems on that team. And I'm not saying that, like, obviously, you know, they place decently, so it's not like they have uh, more fires than most teams. But I think it's it's time to all admit that here it's just not a very good player, is he? I'm like, not do that, mate. Politics it, means, I guarantee, they'll take the last split and just believe he can get back there. And plus, he's sort of, like, at the end of the split, had a couple of good games. I guarantee they'll just sort of, like... Like, unfortunately, I'm trying to factor in, like, the politics of the team, yeah. not, like, literally who I think should be benched next, you know? I mean, this is the thing, right? It's, like, about who who would we bench as GMs versus what yeah, the reality exactly. is. From I, I mean, I think another way of looking at this is Mad Lions, right? Like, and how much teams are willing to it's do. In if, I could, if I could change Misfits, I would take him out. Because if you put in a really good top player there, that team's instantly a contender status, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If I was making a change on that team, it would definitely be top. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to, you know which teams are likely to make changes again the poorer teams for lack of a better uh, phrase are probably less likely to make wholesale changes in between splits they'll yes. probably just do something at the end of summer because they know they're not pushing for worlds or anything anyway um so looking at a team like mad lines where it's like you could still really you know there are enough pieces on that team where you could still make a worlds push in summer if you make some changes so i'm thinking uh either rika or armu is because uh, again, I think they have a massive top lane problem, and he could kind of get away with his shenanigans when you know Humanoid was his mid laner and that that team was sort of uh more cohesive. But I think now, yeah, that those are the two two weak spots, uh, weak spots for me on that team. And I, I don't even necessarily think Reek has been that bad, but also it's a similar sort of situation to Nuclear Int where there are a bunch of really fucking good ERL AD carries. Menez, obviously, um, backer on Fnatic is an absolute monster major player. You said ADCs, but we know what you mean. Oh, sorry, yeah, mid laner. Um, so yeah, and even someone like you know Saken, who I'm personally not the biggest fan. I think he's a bit overhyped. But Saken, Shayek, you know, these guys are all at this point. I've seen enough of Rika where I'm thinking, yeah, he looks a little bit limited. Dude. I'd even maybe throw in on my show with Dom. We even said, like, if you're Mad Lions, bear in mind, it was already very likely they weren't going to make playoffs. If you look at the team they have right now, Jensen. how are they not the team that just instantly puts Niski in the mid lane instead? Or Niski, like, yeah. if, you, if you just bring Niski in for this summer split, the team should, suddenly surely has a real chance of doing something, you know. Like, to me, that would be the instant, like, you just push that button immediately for them. Yeah, I mean, or, or I mean, assuming financially and logistically it wouldn't work yeah, out, but Jen, Jensen would also be uh, obviously. Oh, if you could, yeah, if I just suspect could. he doesn't want to come to Europe yeah. and or yeah. pay, play for the money they're going to pay him. You know, yeah. I imagine he's holding up for the bigger offer next year. All right, we've got a related award coming up next as well. The most roster switches that we will see 
changing from spring to summer. So in this in this small off season that we've got in between, what splits. Rich just said is the key, though, is that again, if you politically know the scene, despite the mm. fact if you if it was us, we'd make the most moves to the bad teams. Usually, the bad teams are the least likely to change. Like spoiler, I would imagine Astralis just runs the whole roster back. I don't think they give a flying fuck at this point in time. And I, and by the way, I think they're just fine actually with where they are. So I don't think I don't think they mind. So I don't think Astralis makes any changes. Uh, like, I actually think you can put most teams off the board on this. So I'm trying to think who even does make changes. Like, if I had to guess, like, again, believe it or not, even though I would change almost anyone on BDS minus Syncrov, I suspect, again, it's a newer org. I imagine the people they have doing the scouting and stuff aren't so great. They probably also... This is a problem you could have in LEC. People want to, just like basically what Deficio did last year, where he just held and he gambled that not changing the roster was the right move. And it turned out to be in the, in the summer and he almost made it to Worlds. I think a lot of GMs will also double down and just go for another split. So the problem is I have a hard time thinking. Like I think at most you're only going to get a team to do like two changes. I don't think anyone's going to make like a wholesale changes. So I would maybe say, because if I have to think of someone who do the most... I think maybe like SK Gaming is the only one I can think of. I could see them just changing a few players up for a couple of ERL players and gambling on other people. I think that's about it. It's hard to pick this one. It's a pretty hard category, I think. Yeah. What about you, Rich? What are you thinking? I don't think that many teams are going to make changes. Are you, Rich? I would only see a couple doing a change. Have we lost Rich? Yeah, is he, is oh, sorry. I'm mute, mute my oh, mic. Like, okay, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a it's a classic... Um, yeah, again, reality versus like what we would do versus what's likely to happen. I actually think in a weird way, you're going to see maybe like a peripheral, basically peripheral playoff teams are the teams that will probably be likely to make changes because mm. they have the most to gain and the least to lose in that sense. So, yeah, I think maybe and this is my second Vitality hot take of the day. I think maybe Vitality, just because if they basically budgeted or basically haven't even bothered to budget for this year and they're just like throwing everything at it. I think you could see something, for example, like, again, I would not be surprised if in a couple interviews in a couple of weeks time after they've invariably been eliminated from playoffs, people coming out and, you know, maybe rumours about self how self-made is getting along with his teammates and, you know, we were really expecting more from Kazi and whatever. I actually think you could see a situation, for example, where Kazi and self-made both leave. I could, I think that is is perfectly plausible, and obviously that would be two. In terms of any team doing more than two changes, very difficult to see in between splits. Again, it would basically have to be an Astralis or an SK, and um, yeah, for the reasons you gave, I wouldn't even include BDS in this. Who basically say now is the time in between splits where we're doing a complete wholesale clean slate. You know, get the trash out and bring better players in. Um, but that obviously comes down to money and who can you realistically get. And with an Astralis, for example, because of how the org is perceived by the not just the community, but the players themselves, you basically have to get multiple players to commit to the project at the same time and essentially agree to sign on at the same time because no one individual who has any prospects as a future LEC player is going to sign to Astralis without assurances that he's not the only piece that's moving. Because that's that's a sinking ship right now, right? Like, you're not just going to jump on that on your own and be like, fucking hell, the captain's already here. Like, no, you're going to either sign on with other people or you're not going to sign on at all. So I would say that's odds against. 
But uh, yeah, so I'm actually going to say, I'm going to say Vitality. I'm going to say that Vitality are so impatient, or not even, maybe that's not even fair, but they're, they're so willing to do whatever it takes to win now. And they've already got some of the pieces that they think are required to win now that, you know, it's like an NBA trade on deadline day. Like you've got your big pieces, but it's just really not working with the rest of the group. We're just going to get rid of the the sort of role players or, well, you know, uh, He's not really a, a role player self-made, but I would imagine possibly a difficult player. And we're just going to keep going all in. They're just pushing chips in and then buying back. They're pushing them in, buying back, pushing them in, buying back. So I'm going to say Vitality. I think it's a, it's a tough one to call uh, for reasons why you guys both mentioned. But also, like, I mean, what's what's your... The, the, I, I kind of think maybe SK, because it feels like they've been flirting with these players for a while. You know, Genex has been around for a while, but it's been kind of like, mm, you know, Jezu and uh, as well a bit. Mm, mm. If you notice, SK also has a weird thing where them and Astralis have their own bobble slash meta of recruiting. Spoiler, they just get the people no one else wants, it appears. Have you noticed that? Like, they just seem to genuinely go and get the RL players who aren't like those, and they just pick, they bring those into the LEC. So that's also the reason why I think it's easy to make changes too. By the way, one of the weirdest uh, roster moves of all time was when... SK, uh, like they had they had a shit split. I don't know what happened, but most of the players left or whatever. And what they did is really early on, like weeks before free agency even started, they renewed Genax in top. And it, I think that that's a sort of an interesting insight into the, the current philosophy and ambition of SK Gaming as a League of Legends org. It's like you re-signed at best, a completely mediocre top laner way before free agency. And now every possible available player looking at that team is like, Ah, so that's the kind of squad you're building for next year. Like, that's not going to attract anyone unless his fucking brother is oh, also sure. in the player pool. Like, it was just a bizarre decision. Like, really Thing strange. Thing is, though, as much as I agree on paper, like, they haven't been a team that's been ambitious, they actually have, unlike Astralis, shown how you fucking min-max. They spend the minimum, and dude, how many times are they in playoffs at the last team, borderline playoffs? Like, the, for, for a team that doesn't clearly want to spend money or have, like, big ambitions and get big names, they actually, the difference is they do what Astralis pretends to do. Astralis just genuinely picks up, like, no-name or, like, written-off players and then just loses games. That's about it. That, that is true. But what I would what I would say to that, though, is, like, in reality, because of, like, if anyone doesn't know, there's basically... Claim, I did used to work for SK Gaming 10 years ago. I wouldn't <laughs> say that because it would be a bit dodgy to give that opinion otherwise. But there, there's, <laughs> like, there, basically, there's no monetary incentive at all to do well no, in playoffs. No, like, not. the prize money in the league is fucking garbage so the thing yeah. is when sk sort of limp into playoffs every year they're not actually that much better off than astralis because if you're not like brand building or generating fan interest in the meantime if your semi-final or quarterfinal or whatever is having the lowest viewership which it usually will because the top seed gets to play you so it's probably you know g2 or whatever yeah the g2 fans are there watching it but anyone who does any kind of uh, sort of min maxing or marketing and fan outreach or whatever you getting spit roasted by g2 or Fnatic every playoffs isn't doing that much for your brand versus astralis who just sat at the bottom of the table so while i would give props as you say to the sort of the the staff that do keep them relevant each year in reality in terms of like the value to your business i think sk and astralis are kind of on par in terms of relevancy all right, let's move on to our next award then. The most improved team, either from the beginning of this spring split to the end of the split. Oh, sorry, that should be play. That should be player, by the way, not okay. team. Sorry. <clears throat> let's move on to our next award then. The most improved player of the spring split 
either from uh, the beginning of spring to the end of spring or, you know, from what we've seen of them in the past and what we see of them now. Who has been uh, the most improved? Who's it going to be for you? I'm going to come to you first, Thorin. Problem is, I feel like this is another one where, depending on how we're going to contextualize this, like Synchrov's another obvious candidate because he looked at times like the best jungler. And even though he was like, I would say he had some hype coming from ERLs, but it wasn't like crazy. Like, but it certainly wasn't the idea that he would be like a like a fucking MVP candidate or something. It was more just like he'll be a good player and he should be in the LEC. So I think he's got to be in the mix. I'm trying to think if there's another name I would put in here. Let me think. Because here's the thing. This is, again, the difference between expectations and what I think the actual... If you go off pure eye test, like, I actually did always personally think that Comp was going to be a good player, but I don't think he necessarily showed it in those Vitality teams. I would also say, like, you could say Comp looks very much improved to those past Vitality squads when he got benched. I mean, as Rich was saying earlier, he's arguably, like, the best ADC in the fucking league. Fair player. I think I think it's fair to to put comp in there. Um, I I I kind of feel like okay, I'm gonna put this to you, Rich here. I feel like there is a right answer here, and it's Vateo, because like he's always been good, and now he's like MVP candidate, right? Um, I thought he was still pretty mega last split though. In summer, he was also pretty fucking good. He's he I I I still think he's like a step above from what he was. Before. Oh, he is, but um, is it that much though? So I think well, this with... is what I'm going to put to Rich. Yeah, what do you think? What yeah, do you think? so it's an, it's actually an interesting one because I think to me he's just the best mid laner. So if you go, if you go from that standpoint of he is the best mid laner, if you subscribe to that viewpoint, then he has improved a lot because as decent as he was in in spurts last year, I don't think anyone had him as the best yes, mid laner true. or second or that's even true. third probably. Yeah, yeah. So that is a, a bit of a leap. The player I would actually oh, I actually missed one. I've missed one. Can I say it just in case you're going yeah, to say it now? Yeah. Right. I actually realise I'm going to change my answer completely because I I wasn't thinking it through. I've changed it all. Scratch all those names. There's only one name, and I'm actually going to give it. It's going to be Trimby from Rogue actually. Because I actually genuinely did think last year he had no business in that lineup. Just because if you look with the eye test, he just looked like a slightly better mechanical version with Vander with none of the experience and none of the comms and you know, none of the things that he brought to the game. So I always used to actually push for him to be cut if they'd kept the same players and be replaced by, if not a Vander, another like experienced support. He might be the best like if Hillisang's like the best overall player from support, if you want to talk about the traditional support, this guy plays it like a motherfucker this but I think I have to go with Trimby. He's looked way better for me. He looked like a revelation. Like, if this guy had come in like this last year, he'd have an incredible reputation right now. If anything, he might even have been a little bit of a sleeper for most of the split. Uh, I'm, I'm for the same reasons I cheated and uh, discounted your coach pick, I'm discounting Trimby because I just could not have less confidence that he's uh, not going to choke his brains out. I also think last year in spring, I thought Trimby was actually really good, like in lane mechanically. I thought he was actually probably the best laning support in last uh, last year in spring. So for me, he's not like... And then obviously in the playoff runs, this kid to shit the bed whenever he's been on playoffs thus far. So him having another regular spin, again, it's a regular season award. So yeah, I guess so. But I I wouldn't go with him. I, I prefer the VTO pick, but I'm actually going to go with someone a bit weird. I said it was coming track, by the way. Rich keeps stressing the idea all of his picks are playoff proven. And then he just did pick Neon earlier on, by the way. So, <laughs> so. Well, <laughs> but oh, no one from Rogue is allowed to be good. They're already fucking top of the league every split. But Neon won a couple of team fights where he reckless style right clicked a hero. But that's actually harsh. Whatever. He was better than that. I was trying my best to shit on him. But whatever. 
happens. <laughs> I need to my reckless grab bag on that one. It's all right. You don't deserve that, Neon. You're better than that, mate. So, so uh, yeah, I'm actually going to say for this one, bit bit spicy, but I'm going to say Dayor. And the reason why... Let me frame this it. No, 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 no. Let come me frame come it. Come let on. me frame it. Okay, come here's the thing, right? Again. Nah, nah. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Right? He's like, like, you're with me on this fox shop. He has just intentionally tried to go the most tips to pick of all time here, has he? This is a reach, but I'm curious to see. If you give him like a truth serum, there's no way his answer is ditto from Astralis. No, it is. Come on. Check. Check the tape. Check the tape. Okay, Here's on. the thing, because I have said, I've been very vocal about this on shows and also on Twitter saying, I think Dayor, he might even be, or going into split, the worst player who's ever played right. in LEC. Okay. Certainly the least prepared. This guy okay. had half a split on that Fnatic team yeah. that went into the UN final, got giga carried to absolute high heaven, looking like a complete amateur, could only play TF moderately okay-ish. And it was also super awkward because it was at the same time as Niski was like popping the fuck off on that pick. So you're like, eh, I mean, it's all right, but it's not even as good as Niski's fucking TF. And that's hardly like a world beater. It's just a pretty good pick. So this guy was just way underqualified. And in the, in the LEC, he's not been great, but... He's been so much better than the pile of shit I thought he was going to be. He's still been, by the way, for me, about a 4 out of 10. But I legit thought this guy would be like a 0 0.5 out of 10. So just by the pure discretion. So, so the idea, because he should be a 0 out of 10. You're giving a 4 out of 10 player the most improved But he is. Award. He is. That, I know what you mean, but that is such a whack He's angle. moved up four entire <laughs> four entire score yeah. points in my books from okay. 0 0.5 to 4. So well done, Dayor. You've won the hearts and minds of uh, our panel. I can see it. It's a, it's about the most improved. You don't have to be that good. You just have to have improved the most. It's kind of like the opposite of the leader award. We can call it the, the Red Hill award. Essentially, Dayor, I don't want to be mean, but basically what I'm saying is I thought you were actually the worst player to have ever played League of Legends on a professional level. And now, now yeah, you yeah. might be like, I don't know, the 20th worst. So <laughs> tell your mum, get it on, on the mantelpiece. <laughs> He's going to put that on a cake, yeah. and I'm sure he'll be enjoying that. Uh, any, anything before you guys want to move on from that award? I By the like way, because obviously that was just a little bit mean, I would say that Dayor is literally like just turned 18, or he might even still be 17 years old, and I definitely wouldn't write this guy's career off at this point. Like, And as I said, because he has improved so drastically, at least to my eye, I, there is a world in which this guy could become a legit LEC player. Like, I, I wouldn't rule that out Ooh. at this point. And that is way more than I could have said for him, again, a few months ago. Like, I would have categorically told you, no, fuck off. Like, you actually think this guy could well, Here's the thing. I totally agree. I think we will see this guy in the LEC for many years to come. He'll be playing on SK Gaming. He's German. We know he doesn't mind playing for very little money. And he doesn't care about losing. So, seeing SK Gaming in two years. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next award oh, then. <laughs> This is the Wish You Were Here Award. I'm going to pass over to Rich again to explain this one better than I can. What's so, this one about me? yeah, essentially it's a player who either was in the league or you feel should be in the league that would add the most value to you. It doesn't even necessarily have to be that they're the most deserving. It might just be a point of interest or something like that. So basically the one player that you wish was in the LEC. And who's that going to be? Thorin, we'll start with you. Now, obviously, for this one, the shortlist could be enormous because, again, it's just anyone you want to see. So I'm going to do, like, I'll do a quick shortlist where I'll sort of do, like, people I might pick for my own reasons and then people I actually think just anyone would like to see. An obvious one, spoiler, he would actually have been in the league. In fact, he even would have been on Fnatic. Cabochard, 
Anyway, if anyone's been watching the RL since he went down, he looks like he's just back in the position in his career where he's not only a very good top player with a nice champion pool, but he actually looks ready to come back and play and be a really good player. So I think he could have done it. If you look at how weak generally top lane is, you actually saw that from the Alvaro discussion earlier. This guy could have had enormous impact. I won't go with like the two old ones, but I will say like, I, even though people are going to get mad, I'll do it. I'll say Froggen. And the reason why is this one, I'm not even joking. I actually think half a dozen teams in the league, he can play for and be at least as good as their midliner. And then secondly, it's a, it's a league with no teleport in the game uh, until a certain point, And mages are fucking powerful. Like, what more do you want, boys? This would be the fucking combat split. This would be his John Travolta in fucking Pulp Fiction moment, wouldn't it? Can It'd I just say, I got unreal <laughs> amounts of grief for my pick on the last category. <laughs> and a, yeah, and we've got a, a season two Danish kid who's been streaming for the last fucking four years. Is apparently the... Nah, 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 nah. If Froggen played, off the top of my head, I'm going to say, let's say he played 13 splits in his career, right? How many was he actually bad in? Maybe one... I'd say maybe two. I'd say I'd say at least two, just but given the context of the players he's playing against. Players with the most longevity ever. Remember, dude, it was only like two years ago. He was still like one of the better players in LCS. Yeah, but I'm he not did his comeback in a game with no teleport. You just lay in and you play fucking mages, mate. This guy would be loving this game right now. Sorry, the frogan. Okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh. It fits the criteria. What can we say? We wish Frogger was in the league. The, thing, the difference is, I can't say like Soaz, for example, because I have no idea where Soaz's head's at. And actually, if you go look in the it looks like he's maybe a bit checked out when he doesn't really give a fuck. The difference is, I can also trust that if Frogger actually played, I guarantee he put in the hours, and he definitely gets skills up. Like, I can't pick the ones that are pure, like, funny. Like, for example, like, for the same reason with Teleport and look at, like, fucking Caitlyn in the bottling. Like, technically, I could take my boy Forgiven, right? But spoiler, he's a fucking cunt of a human, so I'm not going to pick him. He's a fucking idiot, so I have good reasons not to pick him. He'd probably ruin the team. We don't even know if he'd practice. He'd probably just throw a fucking tantrum that a female's still in the game or something. So I I can go with Froggen because there's even, like, real-world reasons why I think he would actually be good. It's not just a flight of fantasy. Okay. What about you, Rich? Are you going to have something that's definitely not a flight? So, incredibly, I'm actually not going to pick Froggen. Uh, <laughs> contrary to popular uh, demand, I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here and not go with Froggen. I mean, to me, Froggen is basically just Nuke Duck light at this point in his career, and one Nuke Duck's already won too much for me. So, I'm going to say... Oh, uh, I think last time I said Bean, just because on on merit, essentially, like I think I was really surprised that there wasn't more of a push for people to pick this guy up after after Worlds. Not that he was like incredible in Worlds, but to be fair, this guy had never even played at LEC level and he looked completely fine on an individual level at Worlds and obviously was an absolute monster in the EU EUM run when he had to carry a garbage mid laner and top laner. So, yeah, this guy would definitely be in contention, but I think he'll be in the league anyway. So I think picking someone who you think is probably going to be in the league at uh, latest next year, I would say, if no one makes uh, that change between spring. I won't say him. Um, I'm actually going to steal, I believe it was Fox's answer from last time. And I'm going to say Bwipo, purely because I like ragging on the guy. And he's just drama central. And I feel that one thing that the league's kind of missing at the moment... Look, we're going to have a really fucking good playoff. So there's a lot of legitimately uh, contending teams that could win or certainly at least do five-game series and so on. But what we don't really have, since Adam's decided to be quiet after that little manifesto of his and Gilius isn't chatting as much shit as he usually does, we don't really have any drama, do we, on the personal level? So I'd like 
him and his personal coach to come back to the league, shake things up a little bit, be punchable on camera. And yeah, that's about <laughs> it. I'll say Bwipo. By the way, Bwipo was the inspiration behind the most punchable face award, which was just a personal award that I've had with my friends group for however long I've been in these. Actually, I'm no, going to say but... it was a personal inspiration behind big fucking bird off Sesame Street or something. What the fuck is this guy? He's ridiculous. <laughs> but the inaugural winner for anyone who wanted to know was actually Noah Winston, but it was actually uh, Bwipo who inspired the award initially. And that was way before he was in the league, by the way in a non-weird way at all. I was looking at what was probably a 16 or 17-year-old at the time and thinking, wow, that guy's face is really punchable. So there you go. Nice little insight into the kind of the way my my mind works. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, if that doesn't summarise things... Do you pick Phil Foxtrot? Do you have a name I, you want to put forward? Yeah. Here's my pick, yeah? I know it's going to sound really wacky. It's reckless. Not because... It's not a bad not, pick. Yeah, but it's 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 vanilla, mate. It's boring. Oh, it is a bit but obvious. Here, yeah, sure. But here's why. Okay, here's why. I don't even care about how he performs on the rift. The LEC is a better product with reckless in it. Sure. And on top of that, you were talking about how a team like SK Gaming, if they if they squeak into playoffs and then it's got their shit kicked in in the in the first round by a team like G two or Fnatic or whatever, you know they're they're just as just as well off branding wise. As an Astralis, who who's bottom and doesn't seem to really have too many aspirations to 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 leave the cellar of the LEC, you stick reckless. Like reckless has only ever played on on Fnatic, G two, uh, and elements sort of, sort of a yeah, sure. Right, so he's part of teams that already had massive fan bases. I want to see it reckless just completely lift up the branding of one of these bottom tier teams that people don't really seem to care about that much, and see what actually happens, and see if that team can put enough. Like resources into them, not necessarily like resources on the rift, but just marketing resources and how to carry your brand. Do I'm not, I'm brand. not even joking. Here's the problem. Even though I get why you say that, there's, there are some good reasons. Just to actually make them mad, I would genuinely buy like a reckless Astralis jersey if he played for Astralis, just so that all the reckless fans, because they'd want to like not remember that period of his career. I would just wear it all the time and just be like, ah. immortalize it. I, I think this was his best period of his career, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love that also, it'll be interesting because uh, Reckless has always been on superstar teams as well, right? Oh. Even when he's left, the only times he's ever left Fnatic was because he was joining the superstar yeah, team, yeah. right? Um, so he's he's always had like the support cast. I think it'd be quite curious to see how he does if he's on a team that honestly yeah, isn't really sure. that good. You know, see what he can bring to the By table. The way, one name I could have thrown in as well, to be fair, because if you just want to go narrative-wise, like if we go like you're doing now, Fox, which make the, mm. the league more interesting, obviously it would be an amazing narrative if fucking Jensen just rocked up in LEC, never yeah. played in EULCS LEC ever, obviously has mm. all those titles, success. Who the fuck? That would be so exciting with caps and perks in the middle. Who wouldn't want to watch that? Again, we're not even talking about would he make it? Would he be good? It wouldn't matter. The storyline alone would be fucking sick, wouldn't it? I, think I, I want to hit back on the reckless thing a little bit because you said, like, you know, obviously... Uh, if Reckless is in the league, it's a, a better product. Is it? Why is it a better product? Because obviously the guy has like a big fan base, so I assume the viewership would you know go up, and some people and you know uh, hormonal girls would obviously be very happy. But like from an actual perspective of like him sort of elevating the product, obviously as well it goes okay. without saying he's a good player. But other than brooding and posting on Instagram once every four months, what does he actually do for the league? 
I feel like you can be real though. He is like mega experienced. So not only mm. does he have like an insane track record of people knowing, but like the other thing is you have to have an opinion about him, don't you? Like no one has a neutral opinion about right because you either like him, think he's really amazing, or think he's overrated, or think he's shit. Like the thing is, every time he plays, there has to be an opinion. He's like LeBron James. He really does actually like bring that level of like constant media scrutiny, etc. I even think by That's the way. Fair. Even just saying he's a good player isn't even that fair, really. Because, like, let's be real. If I could tomorrow swap him for, like, Kazi's spot on Vitality, mate, they'd be they'd be an immediate contender to win the fucking LEC title. Look at that. Like, the, at the end of the day, he's like, he is, like, one of the iconic players of LEC. No, that's fair. That's why I think he's he's makes the product better. Because I think if you're really boiling it down to, like, how, pe how players play, like, nameplates off, whatever, yeah, yeah. does having X player instead of Y player make the LEC better? Not really. Honestly, like, no, like you have better not. players and worse players and whatever. But when you're thinking, you don't have, you know, like I think league lacks that kind of you know, the capacity to have that flair, like in games. Maybe you can have like, you know, like Caps, you could argue has had that kind of play style at times where he's just so exciting to watch because he's either going to sprint it down or he's going to be like the god among men and, and whatever. And therefore he makes it more exciting to watch. I, I don't even really think like... That just doesn't really exist in the Legends. I'm purely talking from a business standpoint. Like when you've got, you know, more narratives to work with, and 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 I do think he's a good player as well. And and I just think it's, you know, the LEC in general would benefit for having Reckless in. Anyway, and I'd be able to say all that hilarious shit that I always do. Whereas now, like, who gives a fuck? He's just in the RLs and he's yeah, exactly. And that material lost his relevance like you've got a, now i'm trying to rework fucking reckless throwaways and a neon jokes for fuck's now sake. he's now That's he's where fucking, we've gone now exactly he's pining for frogging for goodness sake reckless get your shit together and come back to the lec he's only in the second biggest western region now <laughs> let's move on here to probably the most uh the grandest award that we can give out today on our lec awards show it is the mvp who is the most valuable player of the LEC in spring. I remember last time when we did our mid-split awards, we had to kind of qualify this one, right? So I'm going to do it again here because it is important. MVP, how you define it. Is it the player that is you take him out of the team and suddenly the team sinks? Or is it the player that has just objectively uh, been the best, been the most reliable and, and, and is the best player in the league? I'm going to leave that down to you two to decide how to define that. Maybe you have different opinions for, for the different ones, etc. Um, who is the MVP of the spring regular season? Rich, you're up first. Well, actually, I think luckily the answer to both of those is the same player in this instance, which is BTO. Yeah. Um, to me, he's relatively comfortably the MVP um, of the other people that you could have in the conversation. I think some would say Larson, but the problem is obviously it's another mid laner and he just, for me, hasn't been as good. I mean, basically, Larson has had a couple of bad games the early, uh, mainly early on in the split. Um, BTO had one bad game, basically, and was ridiculous in almost all of the other games. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you can make a sort of a case for Malrang, I guess. You could kind of make Just a case. Just someone obvious. He's a sign. That's true. Yeah, I've forgotten him. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. At least put it in contention, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's... More. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd have him... I'd actually probably have him second, actually, I guess. Um, but it's a big gap, in my opinion, between him and, and BTO. Um, so, the also, like, from a stat perspective, like, I think stats are mega overrated in league um, as metrics for defining, like, how good or bad a player is. But it was kind of interesting. Like, I was looking at the stats for... Um, like kill participation um, and 
uh, assists, etc. And Hillisang was actually kind of low, which surprised me. So, and again, I'll preface by saying I don't put much stock into stats. Obviously, as a support, you're fucking all over the map doing useful things 24-7. But it did kind of at least indicate to a certain extent that he wasn't, like, making all of their big plays percentage-wise compared to even some of the other supports. So that was at least somewhat interesting to me. Again, he's also played picks like Pike, where obviously your kill participation is going to be way down compared to something like, I don't know, fucking Soraka or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would definitely say VTO. I think there's there's no one for me that comes close. Comfortably VTO for Rich. Thorin, what are your thoughts? Who's your MVP? I, the, the the shortlist is very similar to Rich's, basically. The problem I have is this. This is what's tough about when you do it and you're in media because, yeah, the the question is, I, genuinely, I actually think my typical approach is usually I just go for who I actually think just pure absolute is the best player. And then it, it, unless there's some, like, unless you're like 10th place team or something, I'll probably give it to you. And otherwise, you start getting into that thing of like, either is it the best player on the best team or is it the one that did the most relative to if he was replaced? So my problem is this. I actually think, like Rich said at the beginning, luckily, we don't have to have that discussion this time because as far as I can tell, the best actual player and the player who's had the most impact on his team is Vettio, VTO, Vettio, however you're going to see it, depending on whether you're French or not. I think it's just him. Like, eye test-wise, he's been incredible. I'm sure stats-wise, he hasn't before. It's fucking bonkers stats. A bazillion games he's carried. He's even had games, if you haven't seen it, where he gets like 16 kills, etc. Like, just the, the, like incredible things. Again, like I said, if you took the nameplate off, people would just think this was like caps from seasons ago or something like that. It's been that sort of level like just how hard he's carried and even like every time they're in a game where they've had these miracle comeback he's always a main part of the reason why like he's just a fucking monster so to me I would just give it to Vethio other than him the main candidates for me would be Hillisang or Larson and the two ones that for me again top teams they're the best players on their teams relative to the roles they play etc so I think I, I would listen with these sorts of awards it is subjective I don't hate if anyone picks any of those names but I think for this one it's sort of given done me a favour I don't have to equate the narratives I think it's just <laughs> Vethio for me, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Vito is the wrong choice at all. Uh, but I, I feel like Hillisang is closer to Vito than it would seem like. Like, um, his problem, dude, is, is his roster because his roster now that now at yeah. the end of the split fox up, they finish second, and everyone's saying, you know, the rumor is like they're really amazing in fucking scrims or whatever, and they're going to be the secret best thing. Now, everyone's going to look at the roster again, though, and go, well, he had a really good team. I actually, I'm with you, dude. Like, if you go look at the first half of the split, dude, he's like hard carrying them through some of these fucking games where people are just going missing, top side of the map was non existent. He actually was low key, like a lot harder to carry than people realize. Yeah, I think I this is the thing, right? Where I, I, I. I think about it from the perspective of the broadcast as well, because you've got an opportunity to give Hillisang the MVP, you know, and he's played very well, don't get me wrong, but like Hillisang has been around forever and he's always been like, the, the way he plays is really exciting as well. He's like a fan favorite. I'm, I'm curious as to even from a narrative perspective, like does that maybe influence things a little bit? Like maybe Hillisang can kind of squeeze in there because as well like he's gotten a lot of coverage on broadcast because he plays for Fnatic and because he's Hillisang so I think it, honestly like Vito was like doing like good shit good shit good shit good shit and probably only until like uh, maybe when it was like halfway through doing his good shit was we suddenly like Vito's doing good shit you know and then he kept doing it and it was great right where so so I feel I feel like the, the spotlight hasn't been on Vito as much as it probably should have been 
uh, for him to be in contention. Well, th- not not that he's not going to get it because of this, but do you know what I mean? Like, I actually think Vicho has probably been better than people realize because of the way that Hillasang's like, sure. anytime he does something cool, it's like, fuck me, that's Hillasang, he's doing something crazy. Oh, he's knocked him pike and we're creaming our pants already. Do you know what One I mean? thing I do hate to do is miss a chance to donk on reckless fans when they deserve it. So all I'll say is this. Notice how none of us picked upset as our MVP of the split, right? Yeah, you saw the numbers. Robset was heading to like a, a record-breaking split for like least amount of deaths. Spoiler, if his name was just reckless, he'd have won the MVP already. That's why your boy Hillisang doesn't have any MVPs, mate. Probably should have actually for some of those past splits. Problem is, reckless always was on a top team, plus had the name value, and then the stats always looked shit crazy. So I think the problem in the past was reckless in some ways used to sort of be like a black hole that would just suck all the scrutiny towards the MVP. So this this is Hillisang's time in theory. But like I'll just say like that. In my opinion upsets just played a reckless type split and looked really good doing it it's just again if you're not reckless somehow that doesn't count for some weird reason by the way how lazy a nickname for hillisang is the professor oh, and garbage. also how inappropriate as well for his play style the same thing mate. like yeah. it's... <laughs> i get it because if you look at the, the feature it's because basically the premise goes when the koreans who you can imagine have a very systematized way of looking at the game when they saw him doing crazy shit their logic went that like it's the idea that like he's just even more advanced than them so they're sort of giving him a compliment, you know, like he must be the professor because it's like, you know, his lessons are too advanced. I agree with you though, Rich. When I first saw the title of that, I was like, that might be the most inappropriate nickname ever for someone who ints like a motherfucker constantly. Like, if you're going to be bought called the professor, you should be like the most careful fucking like, you know, like squared away, most well-rounded player ever who never makes a mistake. Like, not fucking Hillisang, but whatever. I get I get what their reasoning for that was. I thought it was a stupid nickname as well, though, mate. It's whacking it. Yeah. Yeah, like, the professor should be like fucking Mythia of Yellow Star or someone, mate. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. Yellow Star is the professor. Yeah, that would be, that would be a good like, one, right? Oh my goodness, what's his name? Matter. Matter is is the professor of. Hey, it's honestly, it's like it's like calling it's like calling Mad Life the professor. It's like the idea that you yeah. go for someone who's like basically makes insane, crazy. Im- playmaking engages and that the title you give him is the professor like what i mean burger king or something would be better right like this guy just flips 24 7 and <laughs> the fact that he does like intelligent flips doesn't mean he's some fucking harvard professors sitting behind it like what are we doing here it's just so trash actually also, by the way, if you actually are a top Korean pro watching this show, I know there's a lot of you out there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if you out there, you know, people from fucking Afrika Freaks or whatever, right? All I'm going to say is this. Like, spoiler, nobody actually thinks, by the way, that, like, that is actually, like... Nobody, even even Hillisan wouldn't actually tell you he calculates all the shit he's doing. Like, that's the other problem with that thing. When he does the flips, he's just going off, like, his intuitions, like... There's an opening there, and he just has the confidence of mechanics to think he can pull it off. He isn't really like doing like all calculated when he walks away with one elf. He's, that's not real. Like he's just trolling when he does that. Like <laughs> there he goes, yeah. the professor into five men. Oh, he's dead. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> obviously look it is my world narratives but i will say the one thing i am not a fan of is when people take a narrative and the problem is it's like in the fiction world it's too satisfying a narrative so they just force it in the game they just make it, it has to be like that you know <laughs> All right, let's move on from here, saying and his uh, many, many, many degrees that he has. Uh, he's more like a PE teacher than an actual professor in the way he plays. That would be more of a realistic title, but it probably doesn't sound quite as flattering, which is why they didn't call him Hillisang. That might not be the only reason they didn't go for that one, mate. Jokes we could have gone with there, but whatever. We'll just, we'll just keep it. Let's it was the educational field is where I stay, okay. but fair enough. All right. 
I'm not sure what you, you know, I'm not even going to, let's move on, let's move on. I don't <laughs> I'm just thinking of people busting in locker rooms, taking on many men at yeah. once, all sorts of fucking angles, all sorts of shit, you know, whipping those young guys into shit, ah, oh, so many angles, so many angles we could go with here, you know. Excellent, so let's talk about the all-pro team now, as our next award <laughs> Enough about Reckless's uh, tattoo, come on, exactly. stay on track. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Move on. If you've got to pick the five best players, you're making a team. Come on. Who's it gonna be? Uh, and you can also bear in mind like things like like synergy if you okay. want to, but also, you know, you can just be like, you know what? Let's make this super team work. Okay, Fuck stop. Work. I never normally ever request anything, but can I go first for this one? Please go first. Right? Uh, the Please reason why ahead. is because I also like to be very correct. So I'm going to start at the top of the map. And the reason you'll see why I wanted to go first here. Fox Here he goes, the professor. I, top laner <laughs> is going to be Alfari because at the end of the day, top lane is the longest lane in the game and it is about laning and he is the best in it. Now, what he does after that where he's got a fucking idiot fucking Polish jungler who's the most anti-social motherfucker to ever walk in an LEC room and he played with Reckless for fuck's sake. Then he's got a bot lane that, as far as I can tell, is just like hype from three years ago in Labrov that hasn't really played out. Plus Kazi, who I don't even get it, mate. Like, I don't know what... Kazi must just be like fucking putting a tiny amount of heroin in everyone's food who's on his teams because I don't know why they have like withdrawals from this motherfucker or think he's really great. I, thought, I don't get it, mate. He's just always been like a mid-table LEC ADC. So to me, I think in the context of my team, I actually do think Alfie is the best top laner, and I don't care that Mitch is probably getting mad because he's going to have a chance in a minute to pick probably fucking Odo there, <laughs> you know, regressing to the mean of his whole narrative-based career. Whatever, that's unnecessary diss, but whatever. Then for Jungle, we're going to go with... Uh, here's the problem. I actually don't know... Uh, this is a tough one because I feel like in theory I should pick Synchrov, but the problem with that is... As much as I think on paper he might have been the best, funny enough, similar to how maybe South Mid was when he was at SK when he first came in the league. He did look amazing, even though his team was shit. I always think the problem with those players, though, is you can certainly say relative to their team, oh, they're way better, or they should be in a top team. My problem is, can they really be the best like at their role when sort of what you're saying is they don't get a chance to do the other things because the team's so bad? So my problem is, for, if I just look at the whole split, I probably have to give it to Malrank, don't I? Like, realistically, for most of the split, I think he was like the most impactful jungler and adapted to his team the best of all the ones out there so I've got to probably give it to Malrang even though I don't think he's the best jungler in a pure sense I just think relative for this award mid lane let me think right for me it's between Larson Vethio and Perks but since I have Vethio as my MVP it'd be a bit stupid if he wasn't my mid lane so I've got to go with Vethio for this one so we've got Fari um who the fuck did Malrang, Vethio, right, ADC. Let me see for this one. I think I'll, I'll just be boring. I'm going to say I'm taking the Fnatic bot lane, I think. I'll take the Fnatic bot lane. Yeah, so I'll have, there we go. There's my team. Pretty good team, I think. That's not a bad team at all, Rich. Who are you going to take for your ones here? Uh, I'm not going to take Alfari. And we can chuck that answer along with the frog and answer on the uh, dumpster of bad takes this episode. And along, I guess, Definitely with not my... Bad Definitely well, not bad take. <laughs> so I'm going to pick someone for top who actually not only doesn't fall off his chair and the keyboard smashes on the ground every time a team fight breaks out, but is actually really fucking good at team fights. And I'm going to take Odawamne. And I think from a sort of community perspective, 
The only play, I mean, if we just get rid of all the absolute morons who just said, eh, Wonder plays for Fnatic, so I'll put Wonder. The only other top laner people were really talking about as being in contention was Broken Blade. Yes. And I yes. think if you look at the weekend just gone, well, tell me how he played against Otto Omne because he got fucking bodied in every stage of the game. So, yeah, Otto wins that one. Uh, jungle is probably the hardest role to pick. Um, there's not been a jungler who's been really consistent all the way through. I guess... on a crawl, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess, like... The, the the reason why I have such a hard time picking Maorang is because he had the largest percentage of the split where he deserves it, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just happened so... Like, his trajectory, as I said earlier, through the split was just so fucking predictable that I kind of want to dock him points, which is a bit unfair. But at the same time, like... There was some truth into, you know, what people like El Yoya and others were saying. I mean, I fucking said it before I didn't play the game for Rogue. Like, this guy's play style is just kind of uh, going to catch a lot of Western junglers off guard immediately. And then the longer the split goes on, the more will be found out. And that's kind of what's happened. So in a way, he kind of deserves it. But I, I am going to say Synchrov. And I'm going to say Synchrov just because, as I said, I think his team is just absolutely terrible. And if you take him off that team, I think they might actually easily have been dead last. And I think for the first half, especially for the first half of the split, he was legitimately very good. And he carried games from a position where he shouldn't really be able to, given what was around him. And he did so successfully. And by the way, their record is whatever. How many games did they win? They won three like games four. or four games imagine how many games or what their record could have been if Adam and others hadn't thrown those leads that Syncroft had gotten them, by the way. Like, if it's like, how well has Syncroft played? Their record, they've got three or four more wins. So, yeah, I, I, I'd I'd go for him for jungle. Mid lane, it's obviously VTO. I can't not pick my MVP, and I do think he's been legitimately the best mid. Obviously, shout out to Larson, but, uh, you know, in a normal split, Larson would have been would a be the solid, yeah, solid yeah. contender for that role. Probably. It would be like you, we'd be talking about second and third place probably. But BTO's just been so above and beyond, um, so unlucky for him. And then the bot lane, I mean, support Hillasang. Uh, when we did the mid-season thing, it was between Hillasang and Trimby for me, and I was leaning towards Trimby at that point. I think Hillasang has then been better than Trimby from that point onwards. So considering it was a coin flip then. Um, I have to give it to Le Professor. Uh, and for AD Carry, this one's tricky as well. Uh, AD Carry is tricky. I think there's a lot of... actually Call quite a comp instead? Uh, maybe. I mean, I I could go Neon as well. Like, I think... I, I probably can't go Neon. You're talking about bad takes for me. I, You're thinking Neon's your best ADC in all league. Well, he's not even in the convo. What are you talking about? He deserves he deserves the mention. I think he's been good. I actually think he's been very good. I think the thing is... You also have this to... is the best. It's all about good. It's the best. But degree of difficulty <laughs> matters, though. Like, if I'm if I'm a basketball player... Actually, basketball's a bad example for that. But if in most traditional sports, if I'm, a, if I'm a Premier League striker and I'm getting 25 goals a season and you play for the best team and you get 30, oh. guess what? My 25 is worth way more than your 30. So it, I think the context of that matters... Um, and I think Neon's degree of difficulty has been harder. I think comps has been harder from the perspective of not obviously team strength, but that basically he was replacing Han Sammer. And as I said, they didn't really miss a beat in bot lane. Trimby doesn't seem to have struggled to play with a new AD carry. Like he's had a very good split. I think comp is obviously a large part of why that's happened. As an individual, I think comp's been very good as well. So I'm yeah, I'm probably I'll 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 go comp. I think the thing with upset is. Again, it's just it's more of like just a degree of difficulty thing, and also because um, 
yeah, I, uh, there's, there's also, this is obviously a personal preference thing, but his play style slightly irritates me. And I know that you referenced this before about, um, you know, when he put that tweet out, which was like, I'm basically a more handsome, less passive version of Reckless. You're probably, a, you're probably a more passive version of Reckless, mate. Or at least it's comparable. Like, this guy, I don't know, he plays like such a bitch, in my opinion. Like, And uh, by the way, that's not even a criticism. It's just a play style thing. Obviously, he's a top-tier player yeah, at what he does. I just personally don't like it. I've always liked the sort of jumping in the back line, going to put the team on my back every fight, even if it means inting one-for-one one with their carry, who's a bit more fed than I am. So I don't like his play style, so I'm going to go with comp. I also, narratively, it's not that cool, is it? Like, you can't be like, I'm the heir of Forgiven. Just kidding, I'm going to be the next Reckless. Like, what is that shit, mate? What? That's whack. What's that? I mean, again, like you say, fair play, you get a win, but at what cost? But it's like, to me, it's like, you know, sort of Uzi I versus Name. I mean, obviously, at this point, in terms of legacy, Uzi's above him anyway, but there was a certain point in time where people were like, Name or yeah, Uzi. Yeah. And I was always an Uzi guy, even if, you know, he was a less reliable carry, just because... I mean, he just, to me, he just enriches the game so much more than someone who played the way that Name played. Like, it's so much more entertaining as a fan to watch fucking Uzi Ai. And yeah, obviously you mentioned Forgiven, who was basically Western Uzi Ai during his Apex. And to me, these kind of players, they'll always be a sort of, yeah, uh, romance to the, that style of gaming versus fucking farming and then just being max range kiting for 20 years while your entire team peels for you. So, yeah. By the way, since we were listening off all those people, I'll also say one person I'll give an honourable mention to for all LEC is actually Yankos for Jungle. Because when you look at how weak Jungle was, I actually think he had like a sleeper split, mate. He looked pretty decent most of the games I was watching. Certainly wasn't one of the, the flawed parts of G2 for me. Yeah, he was... He w The thing is, as well, though, the pro I guess the reason why I didn't mention him, even though, yeah, as you say, he's probably top three jungler this split, is just because... Caps has been so, uh, and then they, they, again, it's hard to separate that relationship also because yeah, sure. it existed before this split. So you are kind of thinking like Caps didn't really come online this split much and his jungler was Yankos. So I think we've kind of just inadvertently deducted him points for that, which maybe isn't really fair because I think actually what's happened, which is kind of crazy to think about at this point, if someone told you two years ago, who will drop off more significantly in this year? Will it be Caps or Yankos? Everyone would have said Yankos. Like, he'll be in fucking year 11 of his professional career at that point or whatever. Caps will be in like year four. Like obviously Yankos. But actually, I think maybe it might be the case that I'm not saying he's dropped off and he'll never regain his peak or whatever. But there's been more regression in Caps than there has been in Yankos, I would sure. say. Dude, the thing about Yankos as well is this. Right, as much as because he at times has been the best, remember he's been the MVP of the league twice, because at times he's been the best Western jungler, I always feel like he gets way over scrutinized for when he has like a drop off split, but like go look at his bad splits, mate, the floor for this guy's game is fucking bonkers, remember he plays jungle for fuck's sake, the role they change every year, this guy's longevity is like incomprehensible I mean, seriously there's there's a bunch of players and this is why like i always sort of caveat the the arguments people give for burnout and stuff like that but burnout is a real thing and how people manage it is a real thing but this whole thing about you know when you reach this age you're probably gonna do it's just look at players like oddo yankos so as another obvious one obviously frog and you can put in that category as well basically as long as these people are motivated to play yes they were so good in their era and so smart about the game that they are always they're basically going to be as relevant for as long as they want to minimum of serviceable yeah, yeah. they could this way they could always play an lec if yes. they wanted to yeah. until their hands any team 
Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Until their hands literally fall off in, you know, yes. who even fucking knows? Yeah. Probably Reckless in the same category, by yeah. the way. Yeah, Reckless, the yeah. Same one. yeah, Reckless, definitely. Go. Like, these players are all just sort of transcendent in that sense. So, yeah, I, and no one's going to convince me that if Jankos has, like, one iffy split that he's done. Like, in the same way that when people were saying that Otto was, like, not having a great split on Splice, whatever the fuck it was, obviously he was just going to be, like, top three again or top two again next split. Like, these players just perpetually do that. And by the way, to your point of uh, Soaz earlier, when you're saying you're not sure how queued in he is, I haven't watched them recently, but certainly at the start of the split, he was actually really fucking good, by the way. Like, he was by far the best player on that team actually you know diffing enemy tops he looked really solid again i haven't seen him for the second half of the split because i don't think his team's doing very well but no nah, he he i mean again so as if he wants to if he goes into the off season Absolutely. and by the way if i'm bds hello french top laner like I mean, it's come obvious, on yeah. let's fucking go at least yeah, at a minimum, bring him in and sub him in and out or whatever, you know, and use yeah. that bullshit like he's training him or something. He's the positional yeah. coach. Training him to watch me play the fucking game, bitch. Get that <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. So I has already been in that position. He didn't like it very much, did That's he? That's true, actually. Yeah, he might not be up for the old uh, train the guy replaces your thing anymore, believe it or not. Yeah. Shut up, Whipple. Fuck Whipple. <laughs> <laughs> Necessary. <Anyway. laughs> whatever. They, they try like... to sell me out to an entire fucking race of people, so there is that. Your uh, any any opportunity you get to shit on someone that you just kind of yeah fuck it, I'll take yeah, it. Why not? He's a good player. Here's the thing. One thing I've never done is lie about how good Whip was at the game. I actually always thought he was above average top player, sometimes very good. Thorin only lies about it's how good Reckless is at the game. Yeah, by pretending mm. he's really good. True Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. He is technically well... by all technical merit. Surely he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's a bit sidetracked here. Just, uh, I, I think a good, a good summary to uh, cap to put on the, our um, all MVP team, our all pro team here. I, I think mid lane's got to be Vettio 100%. Um, and I, I still think Maorang is a lock, honestly, for that jungle. Like, not forgetting, like, it is a whole split thing. And, and at the beginning of the split, he was a big reason why Rogue's 9 and 0. Sure, teams started figuring him out. And even at that point, when Rogue was undefeated, uh, you know, we were talking about how he might be figured out. But really, like, who's going to take that spot from him? I don't think anyone else has had the the reliable performances over the split to that same kind of level as as uh, as Maorang has though I do love that shout out to Yankos because for me he'd probably be like second slash third alongside uh, alongside Syncroft but it has been a pretty shit split actually for junglers nice. honestly when uh when you look back at it um and and I I also rate upset a bit higher uh, even though he like this is the, the problem is like he's playing with a very solid roster and Hilasang, who's like MVP candidate as his as his support. But to be honest, like Wonder, Razor, Humanoid at times in the split, Fnatic has totally. not looked good. Those players have not looked good. But for me, Upset has always looked good. Obviously, he broke the records, and I'm sure, like you know, I kind of agree. Stats don't mean like everything or anything like that. But um, you know, and if he's not playing on Fnatic, does he break those stats? Probably not. Honestly, right. Um, that's an interesting deal though because to be fair if you remember everyone used to uh, everyone used to say Upset was the most overrated player because he was always on bad teams where effectively the team just reverted to 
like fucking like instead of raising the poppy with Uzi, it was like just give all resources to upset, right? But the logic would have been if you thought he was overrated, like ah, he only looks that good because he's got a team that's doing that. Well, actually, as you've seen, you put him in Fnatic with a load of really good. He's still just basically the same player. Like he can actually he can pull off that playing style in the best team. By the way, just for all the stat nerds who are gonna be given a vote uh, to you know at the actual voting or whatever. Anyone who puts Broken Blade above Odawamne is just a complete fucking fraud if you're going to use stats as your main metric. Go and look at this guy's stats, by the way. Bearing in mind that this guy was playing weak side, the whole split getting dove 3v1. His KDA, by the way, for people who like that stat and still think it's still relevant, was 7. The next highest was like 2.9 or something. Like, this guy statistically, while never being, like, playing carries ever, just playing on every fucking game, is actually... Yeah, by the way, <coughs> disclaimer... <laughs> I represent all the money. Not as relevant a metric yeah. as the stats I just gave you. So. I'm actually not Froggen's agent, even though I've essentially unofficially done the job for 10 years. So mm. there you go. If we were going to start like the retirement home start, team. If I was his agent, I'd have told him, don't join fucking Echo Fox for a start, wouldn't I? So then maybe don't join Golden right. Guardians. A whole lot of... Are you... Frogan is lapping up that LA life. You got to be joking, I'm not about that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. From a from a personal perspective, mate, that was of the course. best thing he's ever done. I'm sure. Uh, anyway, that comes to uh, the conclusion of our of our awards that we're giving out this time around. Are there anything that you two want to just uh, like any comments or anything before we move on to to the to the who wins section about these awards? Anything? Anything? Forever hold your peace. Nope. No, okay. let's get it Fantastic over with. Stuff. Let's get it over with. Let's get it over with. All right. I'm, I'm wondering why you have that opinion towards our Who Wins segment here. So at the end of each episode, uh, Thorin and Rich make a little bit of a bet on who's going to win between X and Y team. The first person to get three, correct, I yes. believe it is, yes, uh, makes the other person do a forfeit. And it was a nail buyer. two and two came down to the last week, the super week in the LEC. XL versus G2, and Rich picked XL. Thorin picking G2, and lo and behold, it was G2 who came out on top. So, Thorin, you are the winner of who wins, and you get to choose Rich's forfeit. One last what? XL disappointment, I would just say, before they finally <laughs> make fucking playoffs. Like, so, Jesus you can You can actually feel comfortable, though, Rich, because you also would have lost if yeah. I just kept that face pick. So, technically, yeah. you would have lost this one no matter what anyway, right? So, yeah. it's whatever. Uh, is it, I've seen disappointment for you, Rich. But XL are coming in clutch for for some other people here. Indeed. So, Thorin, what is your forfeit going to be? What's Rich going to have to it's do? The thing. I don't know if you would have done this for me, but I'm a reasonable person. So as I said, I don't think like forfeit should actually contain anything that's actually like really fucked up or like like it can it can only be embarrassing in a funny, light-hearted way. So I'll ask Rich essentially if he agrees to this forfeit. If he doesn't, we can figure something else out. But I think it's within bounds, and I think it's funny enough. And also, by the way, we'll just make for a great fun moment that can go on Reddit and media and stuff. Here's what I want you to do, Rich. I'm even gonna extend an olive branch, which is I won't do it directly because there's no fucking universe they get in my address. But I'll get I'll PayPal you the money to do this, Rich. Here's what I want you to do. You are going to go on the store for Team Solo Mid, TSM, and you're going to buy the new TSM jersey for this split, and you're going to pay to have as the name on the back Sven Sven 5.5K. That's going to be the name. And you're going to post a picture on social media. It can be Instagram or Twitter, just of you with your new jersey, and it's going to show that on the back. I think that's a pretty cool one. It's not out of bounds. 
that that's 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 fine. Is that acceptable? My my biggest issue with it is he basically stole my original idea for a forfeit and changed it slightly. <laughs> no, didn't I? I did make it better. You got to give me that. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a bad board for me. You're, you're yeah. taking it. All right, brilliant stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing and that. Also, by the way, just because we'll obviously do another one of these in the future, low key, I actually, listen, it actually wouldn't be as crazy as people think if I had to wear like a TSM jersey. It's whatever. I can even rationalize it, Rich, as like I did like double lifting Bjerg, so I thought they were great players, you know. So what I would do is this I, as a tip, I would say rather than the TSM, I would just go with the reckless angle. Like, obviously, it would be fucking ridiculous if I have to wear like a reckless jersey or something. I would maybe go more towards that. Angle. If you can ever beat me in one of these. <laughs> by the way, the uh, the only I'm not even joking when I say this. By the way, the <laughs> only go, potential on. roadblock to this forfeit is if they have some weird sort of crazy narcissistic freak who's actually in charge of doing their merch, which is very possible. They they might they might actually refuse to do it. I'm not even joking. By the way, it's a real possibility. But if that does happen, I'll be sure to screenshot the email and embarrass yeah, exactly. the fuck out of those people on. Uh, on Twitter, because honestly, any other org, I'd be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely think that could happen. And also, by the way, as an aside, I'm actually even helping Rich out here. Because one of the reasons I reference that as like a go-to, even though it's not that big a fucking moment in his career, is because a secret of esports is a real secret. If you're in the industry, listen to this five seconds carefully. You have to embrace any meme that the community makes about you. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you don't have a say in it, and it will continue without you. And by the way, if they ever find it pisses you off, they'll make that the meme till the end of time. So what you do is anytime a meme happens, you pick the fun part of it, embrace that, engage with that, and just you steer it from then on. So that's why I, I always try to turn it so it's like funny. The five point five. I mean, it was if you make it like it's against you, the fuckers will just never. Stop it was my name in league for like five years. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Did there you, you see go. that that um, Australis po posted an update with their League of Legends roster about how they're sticking to the process and blah, 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 okay. And their their opening line was uh, so the title was something like a note on our, our roster for the for yeah, the yeah. LEC, and the opening line is. Sorry to say, Promiscue is still on the team. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they tried that. to embrace the yeah. whole Claire. Promiscue. That's a decent attempt. Yeah, that's actually a pretty but good example. Just... Cool, for the for the because 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 people didn't realize they were taking the piss at that point because it's a it's yeah. a you know here's an announcement about our roster. It just seemed I read it. I was like, I think it's pretty funny. It. Yeah, I I think it's funny, but I'm I'm also kind of like. The only problem is you're like, so bad that you can't really get away with that because even oh, any hint of memeing or doing like joking around, it's like you are one of the worst teams in the history of the game and you are just making yeah, jokes about how shit you are. Thoughts. The yeah. problem there is this. If that was G2 doing that and yes. it said, yeah, because it's not, then that would be hilarious. Yeah, because yeah. the joke then is... I agree though. The problem is though, like low-key, you should actually be removing promises. Yeah, right. That's like, it, isn't it? Like that's, that's it. It's not even a joke. Because a joke, point. yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> It's not made me laugh. It was like, <laughs> although probably on the plus side, Promiscue sat there like fucking. I've got he's tenure. It's all Norgin. Yeah, no, that's pretty tenure. fucking mad. Yeah, he's a, he's a good lad. Bless him. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. Anything else uh, that you two want to round this off with? Uh, where, when's the timeline for you getting this jersey? Well, I'm sure, it's, it's, have have I'm sure that TSM ever... have super yeah. reasonable delivery to Europe uh -huh. on their website. A couple of I, weeks, I'm guessing. I'm sure Maybe I they'll make an exception if, if they know the context of who it is asking for the jersey and they'll like hand deliver it. They'll get one of their um, interns to hop on a plane and, and uh, give it to you in person. Maybe that would be that would be exciting. Definitely Fred, can sign it if he's watching this. Feel there free. you go, as I'm sure he is. Uh, amongst the best signing he made of the last two years. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not bad. There you go. Yeah, Badum tish. Good. There you go. Good one. It's a good one, and I like that because we can leave on that one. That Thanks was wholesome as well. It wasn't too. It wasn't too edgy. Yeah. PG thirteen. Enjoy that. Yeah. Fuck Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time.